Cross on Saturday afternoon. An 89-year-old man from Amersham died at the scene of the two-car collision on Amersham Road at around 20 past five. His wife has life-threatening injuries. Their passenger, along with two men from the other car, are being treated for serious injuries. Boston Police Commissioner Ed Davis has said he believes the two brothers who are thought to have carried out the marathon bombings were planning further attacks. Investigators want to interview the surviving suspect, Yokart Sarnayev, but he's in a serious condition in hospital and can't speak. Jim Clemente used to work for the FBI Behavioural Analysis Unit and says investigators will want to find out what kind of person Sarnayev is. What we use is a rapport-based interrogation technique that takes advantage of the fact that he's a human being and actually includes his personality into it. So we could actually develop an interrogation strategy that actually is, is aimed, targeted exactly at him and his personality. The Education Secretary Michael Gove will today announce plans for a new technical baccalaureate for 16 to 19-year-olds. Here's Luke Walton with the details. The technical baccalaureate won't be a qualification in its own right, but it will be a measure of achievement which will figure prominently in school league tables. To achieve one, students will have to pass a mathematics qualification above the level of a GCSE, a written research project and an approved vocational course. Ministers hope the tech back will have the same status as A-levels and answer criticism from universities and employers that some current vocational education is too narrow or of questionable quality. In sport, the Liverpool striker Luis Suarez has apologised for biting the Chelsea defender Branislav Ivanovic during the Premier League game at Anfield yesterday, which ended 2 all. Suarez says he's let down everyone at his club. The weather mainly dry with sunny spells and a top temperature of 15 degrees Celsius. That's 59 degrees Fahrenheit. There's more news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio, first for news. What a naughty man, biting another man. Today, we're not condoning the act, but we are celebrating the magic of biting. I know, I want to know what you've bitten that you shouldn't have done. And I may uh, bore you with the story of, um, well, how my mum stopped me biting when I was a little boy. Good morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's light outside. Seriously, I know. It's light. It's all very confusing and, and making me feel a little bit uncomfortable. Lots coming up on the show this morning, as always. Including, should newspapers be banned from printing adverts for escort and massage parlours? Well, the Police and Crime Commissioner for Hertfordshire, David Lloyd, thinks so. Do you agree? A week after the bomb attack, which brought carnage to the Boston Marathon, specialist interrogators are waiting to question the surviving suspect. I'll bring you the latest news on what's happening. And Matt Loddy, remember him from Kings Langley? He was the fool that ran 18 miles from his home just to do an interview on this programme. Well, he said he was planning to run 30 marathons in 30 days. Did he manage it? Justin Dealey will be catching up with him a little bit later on to find out what happened. Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR at Ian Lee on Twitter, I-A-I-N-L-E-E or 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Newspapers should be banned from printing adverts for escorts and massage parlours. That's according to the Police and Crime Commissioner for Hertfordshire. David Lloyd says the public needed to take a stronger role in policing society. He also said that by not buying those papers which carried adverts, they would be making a strong statement. What I'm saying is those people who are scared about intervening um, in, uh, in, in litter dropping have still got places that they can get involved. They can still do the neighbourhood watch part. They can still not buy the newspaper, which uh, has mm. advertisements in it for, for prostitution. They can still not take the uh, cigarettes which have been smuggled. You've, I think you did raise something very interesting, that those adverts in the back of the local newspapers that are for obviously for escorts. Yes. They've, that's always struck me as odd, that, that they can be advertised freely in, in the back of those well, papers. It, it, no, no matter what your view on prostitution, it strikes me as odd that uh, you're allowed to have a front for prostitution. And I don't think that uh, we, we should allow it. I think we should have a campaign against those newspapers, frankly. Well, does he have a point? Keen to get your thoughts on this, dear listener. 08459 455 555. You look at the back of any paper, any local paper, some of the bigger ones, but any local paper, there'll be adverts for masseuse. All services provided. We know what they really are. Do they upset you? Do they offend you? Or you're not that bothered? Hannah Kingston is from the Salvation Army's Youth Department. A love. Good morning, Hannah. Good morning, Ian. Hannah, what's your stance on this? Um, well, um, this is something that's really kind of on our agenda at the moment. Um, last year, um, as a department, um, we launched the Cut It Out campaign, which aims to raise awareness and take action against the issue of human trafficking for sexual exploitation. And um, we've been asking people to do various things to kind of help achieve these aims. Um, but one of those things in particular is the actual physical act of cutting out these adverts in the back of our newspapers and sending them back to um, the newspaper editors with a letter stating why we want to see that come to an end. And so we were kind of really quite interested to hear and quite encouraged to hear that this is something that's on David Lloyd's agenda at the moment um, because, you know, we're really kind of convinced that, um, you know, these adverts, they kind of really link to human trafficking for sexual exploitation as well. And we just kind of think it's a complete injustice that, we see these adverts on a daily basis in our free and our paid-for kind of local papers. So, um, you know, it's something that we've been campaigning now for for a year and to kind of hear it's on other people's agendas as well and that it's kind of out there as something that other people kind of, um, you know, really disagree with as well is something that we kind of really encourage um, we will, I'm, I'm sure, I, I don't want to put words into other guests' mouth, but I'm sure we will hear from some people later on in the show who will say, well, hang on a second, escorting itself isn't illegal, and it's just a way of some people to make some money. I mean, well, but particularly for us with this campaign, what we're kind of showing is that, you know, there are links to these kind of adverts and human trafficking for sexual exploitation, and that is illegal and you know when all these things kind of come together under the same guise under the same you know um under the same kind of adverts then you know we've just got to take a stand against the whole thing because if we want to start to see an improvement in this issue of human trafficking for sexual exploitation then you know we need to kind of tackle it all head on is cutting out the adverts and sending them to the editor the, the best thing because the editor won't won't really mind because they, they, you've bought that newspaper. They've already made their money. So d d surely the, the the best way will be to stop buying those papers. Yeah, I would agree with ones that you um, that you pay for. I know that my local paper is a free paper actually mm. that just comes through the door. So that just you know lands on my doorstep every week. And so in that kind of case, then I would recommend cutting them out and sending them back because it kind of shows that 
you know, this paper's coming through your door every week and you don't want to see this stuff in there. So it's just a a way of, you know, kind of demonstrating that. Hannah, we know that local news... Listen, I'm a huge fan of local papers. I think they they, they do a great job for the community, but they are struggling financially, the the paid-for ones and the free ones. Um, uh, If we... If if people were to regulate who advertises in them, that that could be the last nail in the coffin, couldn't it? I can understand that, um, you know, this brings in big revenue for them, but, you know, I just can't agree with the fact that revenue could be brought in, um, you know, by exploiting people this is kind of exploitation and um you know we just can't we can't agree with that we have to stand up against that so you know if that you know sadly means that that people that they're going to struggle financially i'm afraid they're they're going to have to look to bring in revenue from elsewhere because they just can't do it through you know advertising sexual exploitation david lloyd has mentioned that this is kind of on his agenda have you spoken to him about this no i haven't um but i was yeah, very keen to hear. So we'll definitely be getting in touch with him because, um, yeah, the more kind of people involved and the more kind of voices like his that kind of really do have, you know, some quite strong influence in the community, um, that would be, you know, it's brilliant to have people like him saying what we've been saying. Hannah, thanks very much for coming on this morning. That's Hannah Kingston from the Salvation Army's Youth Department. Well, what do you think? It does, if I'm honest, you heard me saying to David Lloyd there, it does strike me as odd that these adverts are in the back of newspapers. They're next to the classifieds. I do like a good classified ad. You know, people selling records and selling an old Black & Decker and selling a second-hand cot. Hardly used. Almost new. And then next to it, there's adverts for, well, for prostitutes. It is odd, isn't it? What do you think? 08459 455 555. Do they offend you? Are you shocked that these are in the back of your local newspapers, the ones you, you pay for in your newsagent and the free ones that come through the door? Or are you not that bothered? Do you think, for goodness sakes, come on, it's just someone trying to earn a few quid by doing what they do best? All services provided. 08459 455 555. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR.
08459 555. It's interesting what Hannah from the Salvation Army was saying, that, that these adverts condone human trafficking. I suppose there is a wider aspect to it. I always j- just thought that these adverts were... They're not bored middle-aged housewives. That's that, that's um, just some male fantasy, isn't it? But just people just trying to make a few quid, trying to make ends meet by doing bits and pieces at home. Some of them are, are, are larger agencies that are, are perhaps slightly more exploitative. I don't know. It's an odd one, isn't it? I guess I, I think your opinions and attitudes to these things kind of change when you're a parent. And it, just and I do love I love local newspapers. I love a little bit of local gossip. Oh, I do. Uh, and, and I also do like looking at, um, you know, pe- the, the rubbish that people are selling. So I often think, oh, look at that. They're selling the, the three hubcaps. That could, I, that could be useful to me at one point in my life. And then you glance over and it's adverts for bubbles, masseurs and things like that. 08459 455 555. Do you think it's time that these adverts, advertising escorts in the back of newspapers were stopped, as David Lloyd thinks? Or do you think, oh, for goodness sakes, come on, it's just a little bit of harmless fun. It's, these are people providing a service. All kinds of services, I'm led to believe. 08459 455555. Right, it's uh, quarter past six. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Alan Cowie. Beds, hearts and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, good morning, looking uh, pretty good on the roads right now. Just had a quick look through some of the cameras for the uh, motorways M25 and uh, M1. Should be a clear run for you right now. No accidents or problems reported. It's uh, fairly quiet on the roads so far this morning. On the trains, just uh, minor delays for First Capital Connect. Uh, delays of up to 20 minutes so far between Cambridge and uh, Kingsland. It's because of engineering works which have overrun in the Ely area. Uh, but uh, do add your updates uh, this morning and uh, back with more in about 15 minutes. Thank you very much, Alan. Right, it's 6.16, it's Monday the 22nd of April, I'm Ian Lee, and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Hertfordshire's Police and Crime Commissioner is urging the public to stop buying newspapers which run adverts for escorts and massage parlours. The trial of a man from Stevenage accused of murdering his 19-year-old girlfriend, Amelia Arnold, starts at Luton Crown Court today. In sport, Liverpool striker Luis, Luis Suarez has apologised for biting Chelsea's Branislav Ivanovic during their two-all draw at Anfield yesterday. He said he's let down everyone at his club. The weather today for beds, hearts and bucks, mainly dry and cloudy with bright or sunny spells this morning. Later, the cloud may thicken to produce a few spots of light rain. Maximum temperature is 15 degrees. Coming up, we'll be speaking to our football-biting correspondent, Justin Dealey, about that naughty, naughty footballer who bit another footballer this weekend. BBC Three Counties Radio. You can listen to BBC Three Counties Radio in so many different ways. On FM. 95.5, 103.8 and 104.5. On AM. 630 and 1161. Online at bbc.co.uk/3counties. And on digital radio. Retune your digital radio now and look out for BBC 3CR. Bringing local radio to you. BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give me a call. And look, the lines are busy already. It's Steve the Milkman. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Ian. How are you? Yeah, I'm fine, thank you very much. I'm confused by the fact that it's light outside. Is it light where you are? It's, yes, it's lovely. I love it this time of year. Oh, 
on. I, I do like it, and but it, it's just confusing me. I'm, I'm used to coming in, you know, for the last six, seven, eight months, I've been coming in, and it's been pitch black dark. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, listen, we've been talking about the, the, this thing that David Lloyd mentioned last week on the show, that these uh, adverts yeah. in the back of newspapers for, well, they're basically prostitutes, uh, shouldn't be in the back of our, our local papers. What do you think on that? Um, I think if they pay the adverts, I don't see any, any harm in it. If blokes need that service, uh, they need to know where to go to get it. But there are other ways to find that, aren't there? You can just go and Google the, 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 that thing. We just did a little experiment. If you if you uh, type in, in in Google Milton Keynes Twitter, you get loads of um, people with um, doing things. If you know what I mean, <laughs> in the back of a local newspaper that's all that's celebrating the magic of your community. It's celebrating um, the, the the what young people have done. It's celebrating news. It's exposing councillors. Do we really need to have adverts for prostitutes? Well, I think there's any harm in it, really. If you don't need to use it, so you don't have to use it. What about what Hannah was saying from the Salvation Army, that that, that some of these women, it it, it condones and encourages trafficking? Well, well, you ain't going to stop that no matter what. Take the adverts out of the papers, you're not going to stop that sort of thing, are you? It's, um, It's just one of those things that goes on, unfortunately... Steve, I'm, 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 uh, th- 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 this seems a strange quantum leap, and I hope there's not a connection going on from prostitutes to what you've bitten. But have, have, have you bitten anything you shouldn't have done? Yes, I have. This goes back quite a few years when I was a young lad. I was quite merrily chewing my bubble gum. Yeah. Blew a nice big bubble, as you do, try to see how big you get it. Popped it. Started chewing it, and I thought, what on earth was that? It was the most bitterest, disgusting taste oh. I've ever tasted. Yeah. So got me bubble gum. And there inside me, Bubblegum, was this cheat-up ladybird. Oh, no, Steve! <laughs> oh! I don't recommend that to anybody. They taste bitter, do they, ladybirds? Oh, they are, I Now I know why they're brightly coloured. To tell you, <laughs> don't eat me, because I taste awful. Steve, thank you very much indeed. We're celebrating the magic of biting today after Suarez bit another football player. Naughty! What have you bitten that you shouldn't have bitten? 
when some would take that tried to have solo careers. Do you remember that? It was funny. It was funny. A Jason Orange solo record. I mean, seriously, why? Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 455 555 is the phone number. We've got off to a feisty start so far. Should we be banning adverts advertising prostitutes in the back of newspapers and we're celebrating the magic of biting? There is no connection between those two stories. The reason we're celebrating the magic of biting is because the Liverpool striker Luis Suarez has apologised for biting the Chelsea defender Branislav Ivanovic during the Premier League game at Anfield yesterday. It's on the front page of the Sun. It's an incredible picture. He's just biting him! It's not even an accidental, eyes. Oh, his, his arm fell into my mouth. He's grabbed him and put his head forward and bitten him. Well, Suarez is currently the Premier League's top scorer with 23 goals and has just been named on a short list of six for the Professional Footballers Association Player of the Year Award. Former Liverpool defender Alan Hansen spoke about this on Match of the Day 2 last night. Absolutely appalling. Why he did it, we will never know. He's got previous, there's obviously a massive flaw in the character. It is horrific for Liverpool Football Club, the history, the tradition. For the player himself. I can't hear Alan Hansen without thinking I'm playing FIFA now. Here's Gordon Taylor, chairman of professional football of the Professional Footballers Association. The sanctions are there. There will be there's precedents, obviously. Fortunately, not too many precedents with regard to such an incident. At the end of the day, it's down to the individual to reform. Otherwise, you know, whether we're in Uruguay, England, or anywhere else in the world such behaviour can't be acceptable. When it comes to football, there's only one man we can turn to. Unfortunately, he was unavailable, so instead we turn to Justin <laughs> Dealey. Justin! <laughs> Ian, good morning. You love football, don't you? I do love football. What a beautiful morning, by the way. It's Isn't absolutely it? glorious outside here. I've uh, got the chest hair out. I'm like a poor man's Tom Selleck on this Monday morning. <laughs> you look great with a moustache, by yes, the way. I've often yes. thought that. I'm thinking about that. Suarez has got previous, hasn't he? He has. Um, he's a racist, and we know that for a fact because he was banned for about eight games. Games, uh, a year ago. Wow. He was also fined. He's a diver. We all know that much. Now he's a biter. I mean, th- th- there's nothing this man can't do. He's absolutely outrageous. Um, but in saying that, he is a fantastic football player. He costs 22. <laughs> that, that makes it all right then. <laughs> it doesn't make it all right at all. Uh, we're talking about a player here that's worth £22.8 million. Pounds. That's wow. what Liverpool paid for him. He's probably worth now, actually, more like £40 or £50 million. Pounds. He is a top football player. But when it comes to, to his behaviour, on the pitch. This is meant to be a guy that's supposed to inspire young children. Now, when you see the images yesterday, you shouldn't be seeing that on the football pitch. That is quite simply something for a horror film. Um, what he did was outrageous, and people will be talking about this for a long, long time. Now, I was going to ask, how does he get away with this? If you, you've listed his behaviour, but then you, you just answer that by saying he's, he's worth forty million quid and he's yep. one of the best players out there. I mean, he's a fantastic player, but he's one of those players that that, that most people hate. I think if I went out this morning and I might try this, if I just say Suarez uh, and see what happens next, the abuse will start coming forward. But if you speak to anybody who supports Liverpool, they will all say that they love him. But for goodness sake, you can't get away with this. I have never seen this in my lifetime. I've been following football now for, for over 25 years. 
I have never known a player to bite another player's arm. It was absolutely appalling, and the man now has got to be banned. The FA have got to step in, because if he's done it once, he could probably do it again. It's all very well saying, I'm sorry, but you shouldn't have done it in the first place. Suarez later tweeted, I've just spoken to Ivan Ivic on the phone, and I could apologise directly to him. Thanks for accepting. <laughs> nonsense. Absolute nonsense. You, you can't get away with that. He should be banned, and I think most people today, most people in the game, uh, the true professionals who were disgusted by what they saw yesterday, they again will be calling for something to be done. They would like to see a ban for at least six games on this. At least six games. Ever had anything in your mouth that you shouldn't have, Justin? <laughs> um, that's a conversation for off-air, I think. No, I'm t- bite- we're celebrating the magic of biting. Um, I've already had a gentleman who was chewing some bubble gum and uh, there was a ladybird in it, said it was very Ooh, bitter lovely. taste. You see, I had this thing years ago about biting the edge of CDs when I was listening to them. Quite what that was about, I don't know, but... Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't why know did why. you do that? I've got no idea. I'm just very, very bizarre at times. But but as much as you annoy me sometimes, Ian, so? I don't have a nibble on your arm, do I? No, I don't do that. You don't. And, yet and that, I would be fired for doing that. that. Well, you wouldn't, because that invitation is open to you, Justin. Oh, Anytime it? you want to nibble on me, oh, you can do. special little relationship that we've got. Where are you off to this morning? I'm off to meet Matt Loddy in Kings Langley. Ah. Um, incredible man. Yesterday, he completed his 30th marathon in 30 days. That, of course, was the London Marathon. Um, a great character locally. Did he win? Did he did, do we know if he won the marathon? He didn't win. Man. I know for a fact he was looking to do a good time. We'll find out that time a bit later. But last year, 100 marathons in 100 days. This year, 30 marathons in 30 days, raising money for a great cause. He is a local hero. We're going to be live with Matt at about 10 to 7 from his home in Kings Langley. Justin, speak to you later on. He, he, he does all these marathons. He's yet to win one. What's his problem? Loddy, for goodness sakes, get a move on. What have you uh, bitten that you shouldn't have done? We are celebrating the magic of biting um, uh, this morning. What have you had in your mouth that should not have been there? What have you chomped on that you should not have sunk your teeth into? 08459 455 555. Right, let's get the travel news now. Here's Alan Cowie. Beds, hearts and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Well, uh, nothing significant to report on the roads, but uh, just a reminder of roadworks at Beaconsfield on uh, Park Lane near the A40 London Road. Uh, M25 down to 50 through the roadworks between junctions 23 and 25. That's between South Mims and uh, Enfield. And uh, also as uh, roadworks in uh, Iver on Southlands Road uh, near to Seven Hills uh, Road. Some temporary lights uh, may slow down during the uh, peak times. And on the trains, we'll just minor delays of up to 20 minutes for First Capital Connect between Cambridge and Kings Lynn because engineering works have overrun at Littleport. So that is affecting some journeys uh, to and from London, Kings Cross. Alan Cowie, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thanks very much, Alan. Coming up to 6.30, here's the news and sport now with Catherine Boyle. Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. The headlines, Hertfordshire's Police and Crime Commissioner is urging the public to stop buying newspapers which run adverts for escorts and massage parlours. The trial of a man from Stevenage accused of murdering his 19-year-old girlfriend, Amelia Arnold, starts at Luton Crown Court later. And police are appealing for witnesses to a fatal accident on the A413 at Gerrard's Cross on Saturday afternoon. Beds, Hearts and Bucks Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. The Liverpool striker Luis Suarez has apologised for biting the Chelsea defender Branislav Ivanovic during the Premier League game at Anfield yesterday, which ended 2-all. Suarez has said he's deeply sorry for what he called his inexcusable behaviour and that he'd let down everyone at his club. Former Liverpool defender Alan Hansen agreed. This is absolutely appalling. Why he did it, we will never know. He's got previous, there's obviously a massive flaw in the character. 
you know, to watch these pictures that will be going right around the world it is horrific for Liverpool Football Club, their history, their tradition, for the player himself. A spectacular comeback by Tottenham saw them beat Manchester City 3-1 at White Hart Lane and boost their chances of a top-four finish. The result means Manchester United will secure a record 20th league title if they beat Aston Villa at Old Trafford tonight. Back home, Watford boss Gianfranco Zola says he hasn't given up hopes of an automatic promotion. The Hornets beat Blackburn 4-0 on Saturday. They're four points from Hull in second with two games remaining. And Zola says he's positive ahead of their match against Leicester on Friday. No, no, we're going to go there. We want to win and uh, we're going to go there and uh, and uh, try our best to see how it comes. Uh, tough game, I know, but uh, we are a team that can do crazy things. Mm. Milton Keynes Dons are staying in League One after losing 1-0 to Scunthorpe at the weekend, ruling out a play its place in the playoffs. Here's their manager, Carl Robinson. Well, I think that we've got to have a good look at where we want to go. Um, maybe this is a reality check for everybody for where we are. Not a reality set for me. It's something that, that we've known that we've got to work on and it's something that we'll look to improve over, over forthcoming years. And that's your latest news and sport. More from me at seven o'clock. You strike me as the sort that would bite lots of inappropriate things. <laughs> you've, got, you've got a very busy mouth, as my wife would say. I, I've got a lot of teeth. Um, what, what have you chomped on that you shouldn't have done? Bunk beds. Huh? Teething rings. What? Um, Artex, we've already discussed. Don't do that. Yeah. Lots of things. Well, I tell you, well, listen, we've got a guest coming up. I'll come back to you later. <laughs> if you can narrow it down to just a couple and we'll discuss those, will that be okay? <laughs> okay. Speak to you in a bit. Call 08459 455 555. 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. I wasn't expecting a whole shopping list from Catherine there. Morning, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Coming up... Matt Loddy from Kings Langley ran 18 miles from his home to do an interview on this programme. I suggest we make all of our guests do at least some form of physical exercise before they come on the show, just to make sure they're dedicated. Well, he was planning to run 30 marathons in 30 days. Justin Dilley is going to be with him and finding out whether he managed to do it. Now, a week after the bomb attack which brought carnage to the Boston Marathon, specialist interrogators are waiting to question the surviving suspect. Jokar Sanayev remains in hospital after being shot in the throat. His brother died in a shootout with police. Police say the brothers had a large cache of weapons when they were cornered and were probably planning more attacks. Our reporter Simon Thompson has more details. Good morning, Simon. Yeah, hi. And good yes, morning. there are the rumours that he was shot. In, that he shot himself in the throat, shot himself in the mouth. Well, what condition is the suspect in? Well, certainly he's in a serious condition in hospital in Boston, said to be unable to speak because of the wounds, possibly to his throat. Now, the US media has been quoting over the weekend anonymous sources on the network, suggesting that he's been responding to questions in writing, but that hasn't come from official sources, just unnamed uh, quotes. Uh, police will certainly want to know about the possibility of other cell members being involved in the attacks on the Boston Marathon uh, last Monday, now just a week ago, uh, whether they've got other explosives stored somewhere in the city or elsewhere. And, of course, the reasons for the attack. At the moment, no motive uh, for the Boston Marathon bombing has been established. And remind us how he was captured on Friday. I was not near a TV, but I was glued to Twitter and my radio for all of Friday. It was the most extraordinary thing, wasn't it? It was. Dramatic turn of events across Friday afternoon and into the night. And certainly it captivated the audience across the US and indeed across the world uh, with pictures from Boston being fed out live across many, many different TV channels around the globe. Uh, Zaniev was captured on Friday evening after a huge manhunt across Boston. The city had been in what they call lockdown all day, but 
everyone was just basically stuck inside their homes, unable to go outside uh, because the police were chasing these two men. Now, eventually, uh, Jokar was found hiding in a boat in a backyard in the suburb of Watertown in Boston. He had shot at police and apparently had run out of bullets, and that's when officers tried to tackle him. His older brother, 26-year-old Tamalan, also suspected, of course, of being behind the bombing of the Boston Marathon. He died on Friday in the confrontation with the police. Initially, it was reported that he had died of bullet wounds and blood injuries but now police officers are suggesting that the younger brother might actually have run over his older sibling as he tried to evade capture in a stolen vehicle officers say they were trying to apply handcuffs to tamalan when the suv car came roaring at them with yoko at the wheel the officers scattered and the suv ran over tamalan instead what could uh, sanav be charged with well, certainly it's, it's unclear at the moment exactly what charges will be brought, although if he is charged with using a weapon of mass destruction to kill people, which is a possibility, then he will face the death penalty in federal law. In addition to federal charges, prosecutors in the state of Massachusetts, which don't have the death, doesn't have the death penalty, may file their own charges against him, so it could be a whole host of charges at this stage. Interrogators haven't yet read him his rights, which is unusual, but does happen when the police believe the public may still be in danger. Certainly at the weekend, the Boston Police Commissioner Ed Davis said uh, that he believed the brothers had been planning further attacks. So the police will want to get to know, uh, to get to know exactly what and, and how. What do we know about the background of these two men? Well, we know that they came from Chechnya some time ago. They, they came from the troubled region of southern Russia, which, of course, has had its own troubles uh, with uprisings, uh, 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 trying to, uh, Chechnya rebels trying to uh, break away uh, from, from control of Russia. Uh, there's been terrorism in, in Chechnya before. You may remember, of course, that awful uh, um, uh, um, kidnapping and uh, holding hostage at the school in Chechnya some years ago, which ended with many, many deaths. Uh, the family is thought to have moved to the US in 2001, from the Russian Republic of Dazakhstan. They, they lived in Massachusetts for a long time in the, the town of Cambridge, which is where Harvard University is based. Uh, Yokar, who's 19, was awarded a scholarship to pursue further education, uh, said uh, by his family what to be, uh, wanted to become a brain surgeon. His older brother was now a boxer who described himself as very religious. It certainly seems to be in the older brother's uh, uh, um, impact of religion that perhaps may have had some influence on the, the decision to carry out these bombings. Uh, we know that Tamalan had disrupted a mosque uh, in in january this year when he objected to the speaker comparing the prophet muhammad to the civil rights champion martin luther king and if he was radicalized in the u.s and the authorities want to know how and why as quickly as possible simon thank you very much indeed across beds hearts and bucks this is ian lee on bbc three counties radio it was the mo- I, I, I didn't see I, I saw hardly any of it on the television i was listening to the radio and following um lots of people on twitter it was the most incredible set of uh, I- events over the weekend wasn't it friday friday day and night was just amazing Absolutely incredible. Uh, if you want to get in touch with the show this morning, 08459 455 555, or you can go to facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. that you settled down, that you found a girl in your Married now I heard that your dreams came true Guess she gave you things I didn't give to you 
shy Ain't like you to hold back Or hide from the light I hate to turn up out of the blue Uninvited but I couldn't stay away I couldn't fight it I had hoped you'd see my face And that you'd be reminded that for me It isn't over Stay. 
Paris Brown was in the papers again. Who's she? She the, was the Youth Police Crime Commissioner that lasted three days. Why am I mentioning her now? Because Adele reminds me of her, that's why. Adele has slightly better eyebrows. But she was in the papers again because the police were questioning her over the tweets she sent. And then the police let her go. Leave the girl alone, for goodness sakes. I've got a soft spot for Paris Brown. She's a 17-year-old kid that made a few mistakes. Man alive, if you could hear some of the things I said when I was 14 and 15. Awful! It's kind of what 14 and 15-year-olds do. I was lucky I said it in the privacy of a mate's bedroom. She was tweeting it because she's a little bit of a Muppet. Leave her alone, though, for goodness sakes. I really wish she lived in beds, hearts and bugs, because if she did, sorry, Justin, you'd be out of a job. I would totally get her in as the roving reporter. Wouldn't that be awesome? How cool would that be? To have Paris Brown. We're going to go live now to Paris Brown, who's with Matt Loddy. Morning, Paris. Yeah, and we have a marathon run. He's an idiot. Wouldn't it be brilliant? Just having someone who who doesn't have that verbal break, that isn't able to quite censor themselves. I think she'd be awesome on the radio. Where is she? Is she in Kent? I think she's in Kent, somewhere like that. Kent, Kent FM should totally sign her up. Get her to host the breakfast show, for goodness sakes. Wonderful. 08459 455 555. We're celebrating the magic of biting today. It's the front page of the sun. It's on the back page of most of the other papers. Suarez, the naughty, naughty Liverpool football player. The picture is incredible of him just... uh, It's not even an accidental... His arm fell in my mouth just as I was chomping. He's grabbed this fella, pulled him towards him and, and chomped on his forearm. What a muppet. Well, we're not condoning that behaviour, but this morning we are asking you, what have you bitten that you shouldn't have done? I bit the cat's paw once and then threw it down the stairs. I was three years old. I was three. I know. I was a biter as a child. Bit the cat's paw, threw it down the stairs and bit my sister. My mum grabbed me. What did you you bite your sister for? Don't like her. All right, fair point. Why did you bite the cat's paw? My argument? It put its paw in my mouth. And how did my mum stop me biting again? I should tell you in a second. Here's the travel with Alan Cowie. Beds, hearts and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Yeah, not a huge amount to report on the roads uh, so far. Just uh, a bit heavy on the anti-clockwise M25 from Junction 26, Waltham Abbey, round to 25, which is the A10 heading uh, towards the roadworks section. But uh, no incidents or problems reported for the uh, M40 and the M1. Uh, Kingswood, the A41 at uh, Grendon Road, there's some roadworks and work going on in St Albans on Hamel Hempstead Road at uh, St Michael's Street. On the trains, we've got delays of up to half an hour uh, for some trains to and from London King's Cross. It's because uh, engineering works have overrun at uh, Littleport, so half-hour delays, mainly affecting the uh, section of the line between Cambridge and uh, King's Lynn. Alan Cowie, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alan. Right, 6.45. It's Monday, the uh, 22nd of April. I'm Ian Lee, and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Hertfordshire's Police and Crime Commissioner is urging the public to stop buying newspapers which run adverts for escorts and massage parlours. The trial of a man from Stevenage accused of murdering his teenage girlfriend, Amelia Arnold, starts at Luton Crown Court today. And in sport, the Liverpool striker Luis Suarez faces disciplinary action from both his club and the FA after biting the Chelsea defender Branislav Ivanovic at Anfield during the two-all draw yesterday. Coming up, our reporter Justin Daly will be talking to local marathon man Matt Loddy, who's just completed 30 marathons in as many days. But before that, let's get the weather with Kate Kinsella. 
Beds, Hearts and Bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. The new working week after a relatively glorious weekend of spring sunshine. We'll see some more this week, but for today, it's a mild start. We're looking at temperatures across the three counties at the moment between 4 and 6 Celsius, so certainly not as chilly as it has been in the last week or so. There is some cloud around today, but some of it quite high, so some hazy sunshine out there and some brighter spells, and it will burst through from time to time as well. By the same measure, we've had one or two spots of rain where that cloud is that little bit thicker, but it is only light rain and it's not going to last for too long. It's barely going to be noticeable at all. Temperature-wise today, you're going to feel the warmth. We're looking at a maximum of 15 Celsius, 59 degrees in Fahrenheit, which you'll be pleased to know is near the seasonal average. Now, overnight tonight, we're hanging on to the cloud, I'm afraid, and some of it quite thick, so we could get one or two spots of rain again, but it will move out of the way if you notice it at all to become a dry night. Now, the air is coming from the southwest, which notoriously is much milder mild, not notoriously, which is milder, uh, which means temperature overnight not dropping too much at all. Minimum of 8 Celsius, so a mild night, that's 46 degrees in Fahrenheit. For some of us, it could be a little warmer than that. The minimum in double figures, for example, around 10 Celsius. But it does mean a cloudy start to Tuesday, but that will break up some sunny spells and some bright spells tomorrow, and we're going to feel the temperature rise again tomorrow. The maximum we're looking at is 17 Celsius, 63 degrees in Fahrenheit, which is slightly above average for the time of year and in the sunshine and that light southwesterly wind it's going to feel really rather lovely now that continues through to wednesday then we start to notice a bit of a change for thursday we're still getting some bright and sunny spells but for friday there's a frontal zone heading south from the north which means a little bit of cooler air heading our way just in time for the weekend but let's stick with today where it's going to feel rather warm that's your forecast thank you kate So, bit the cat, threw it down the stairs, bit my sister. How did my mum stop me biting? She knelt me on the floor, she rolled up my sleeve, and she sank her teeth into my forearm. I was three, and she bit me. Worked, of course, never bit again. On Wednesday, it's the 25th anniversary of Luton Town's greatest day. And to mark the occasion, Nick Coffer is live from the Town Hall steps. You'll hear from penalty hero Andy Dibble. It was as if the gods were smiling on me and, and all of us that day. It was right in the bottom corner, but I managed to get there and it changed things, the pattern of the game and what happened. Two goal, Brian Steen. It was just delirium because obviously it's the first thing with major title Luton have ever won. An archive material from the day itself. Brian Steen has scored the goal from close range. Celebrating Luton's League Cup win Wednesday on BBC Three Counties Radio. Right from the start, you were a thief, you stole my heart, and I, your willing victim. I let you see the parts of me that weren't all that pretty And with every touch you fix them Now you've been talking in your sleep Oh, oh, things you never say to me Oh, oh, tell me that you've had enough Of our love, our
again My dear, we still have everything And it's all in your mind Yeah, but this is heaven now You've been having real bad dreams Oh, oh, you still lie so close to me Oh, oh, there's nothing more than empty sheets Between our love, Matt Loddy was, uh, well, is, will be, possibly, a marathon runner. He ran 80 miles from his home to our studios just to do an interview on this programme. I'm thinking the next time we get Ollie Martins in, we should make him do an obstacle course. Or if we get David Lloyd, he, he should, I don't know, he should um, do the triathlon. We, we, our guests need to work a little bit harder, I think, if they want to prove they're worthy of coming on BBC Three Counties Radio. Anyway, Matt was going to run 30 marathons in 30 days to raise money for charity. He was due to finish his challenge yesterday once he'd run the London Marathon. Our lazy correspondent, Justin Dealey, is with Matt now. <laughs> Justin, how's he looking? Is he looking as cool and calm as he always does? He's looking very, very Makes cool. He's sick. looking incredibly good. He's popped down this morning to have a chat with us. Uh, Matt, you're live across Beds, Hearts and Bucks. You completed your 30th marathon in 30 days yesterday. Um, what sort of time did you come in at yesterday at the London Marathon? Uh, I was very pleased I ran 2.55.16. You're pleased with that? Is that impressive for you? Uh, in- incredible. I was I'm absolutely amazed I got that quick. I just got carried away with the moment, enjoyed myself, and uh, yeah, it was good. And what was the atmosphere like yesterday? It was unbelievable. Fantastic. Anyone that's done any London Marathon knows how special it is. I think due to Boston last week, this yesterday's was just even more incredible. So 30 marathons in 30 days. God, it's making me feel exhausted just thinking about it. Um, what was the toughest one out of all of those 30? Um, nothing against Cardiff, but running into Cardiff, it was a headwind that was unbelievably strong. The road works everyone on the side roads, so I had to go on main A roads, literally the whole way, just battling against the wind, and I was injured and, 
Yeah, that was tough. <laughs> I mean, tell us about your injuries, because you're looking pretty good, but of course you are covered up. Um, tell us more about those injuries. Well, mainly I've, I've got an injury on my right Achilles tendon, where the, the muscles round it have got swollen and inflamed and just sort of holding on to the Achilles, so I'm struggling with bending my foot a bit. But other than that, a little tear in the thigh, and that's it. And that's it, really. So you're raising money for charity. Remind us of the charity. It's for Teenage Cancer Trust, uh, supporting young uh, adults and teenagers through cancer at the, the, the worst possible time of their lives to get it uh, and it's a fantastic organisation that if anyone could look at their website and see the work they do, I've, I've had the fortune now over the last 30 days to visit every Teenage Cancer Trust unit across Scotland, England and Wales and it's amazing when it just needs more and more help and more money. And talking about money, over the past 30 days please tell me that you've raised thousands of pounds, I'm really hoping that you have. Yeah I think we're, we're up to about 30,000 now and there's more that, we're, that are coming in, more has been um, promised and, and we won't stop battling away to get it. You must be happy with that, £30,000 for 30 days, yes a lot of pain but that's a lot of money isn't it? Oh yes it is, yeah, uh, you know and especially in today's climate, uh, economic climate, it's uh, extremely good and, and uh, thank you very much for everyone donating but please if anyone can donate more. So come on then Matt, what's next? Last year 100 in 100 days, this year 30 in 30 days, what's next for you sir? A holiday. <laughs> I've got no plans on doing any um, multi-marathons anymore. We're going to do lots of little charity events to involve as many people as possible. Uh, we've got the Watford 10k coming up where we're going to try and get 100 people as a team, one in Har uh, Harpenden in the Hearts 10k and other little bike rides and bits and pieces but no, no mass uh, marathons anymore. In saying that though Ian, Matt is going back to work this afternoon. This is, is correct. Yeah, he is. This is correct, isn't Goodness it? Sakes. Yes, I'm just going to pop in and uh, <laughs> yeah, touch base and get, get going again. Unbelievable. And uh, a final word on uh, Luis Suarez, talking about that this morning. Yeah, you, you're a big sportsman, obviously. What's your views on Luis Suarez and, and what he was doing yesterday, biting? Well, I just, I literally saw it this morning on the news and it just, I don't understand any sportsman doing that. It, it seems just mm. childish and and uh, yeah, petulant really. Just, Justin, can I jump in for a second? Yeah, can can yeah. you ask Matt what he, he thinks about this this whole Mo Farah controversy that he was paid quarter of a million pounds yeah. to run half a marathon? I know it's an interesting one. Uh, Matt Mo Farah paid all this money to run half a marathon. You were there yesterday running it for charity. And what's your views on that? Uh, well, Mo Farah's rather special. It's good to see him doing that sort of running, and hopefully. Um, he's going to do a marathon next year and it gets put more people interested so you've got to have both you've got to have the plodders like us running around and the uh, elite athletes, uh, athletes like if, that If you were to come across Mo Farah uh, in a future marathon would you maybe nibble <laughs> his arm a bit like Suarez? <laughs> yeah I might have a chew on his arm try and slow him down a bit Good publicity stunt for you Yeah that's it Matt yeah. you're an amazing man you're something of a local hero around here thank you so much for your time and all the best for the future sir Thank you very much Brilliant stuff What a great story 30 yeah. marathons in 30 days Matt Lolly there joining us live across beds, hearts and bucks Well done Matt Excellent stuff, and well done to you, uh, Justin. I bet the Mobot tastes delicious. I, b I bet the Mobot tastes delicious. He's got all this flack, hasn't he? A quarter of a million pounds or thereabouts to run half a marathon. And lots of sports are saying, well, I think it's very unsporting. Oh, I think it's very unfair. I smell a little bit of jealousy. I sniff a little bit of jealousy. Listen, I, if, if I was paid quarter of a million pounds, I'd run half a, mar I'd run half a mar marathon for £5,000. If it was going straight in my bank account, no questions asked. Of course I would. All these, um, th 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 these th who's that lady, that miserable lady who d never wins marathons, but she's supposed to be the best marathon runner? Paula, Paula Radcliffe, that's it, isn't it? I think she's just jealous that no one's offered her a quarter of a million pounds to run 13 miles. That's all it is. <laughs> Right, thank you very much. Let's get the travel news now, Alan. Beds, hearts 
and Bucks Travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, it's starting to look a bit slow now on the A1M at southbound between uh, junctions 8 and 7 at uh, Stevenage. Just slight delays on the M25 as well, clockwise around junction 24, Potters Bar, and anti-clockwise from 17, that's Maple Cross, round to junction 16, the M40. And on the trains, we've got delays of up to half an hour to First Capital Connect trains between Cambridge and Kings Lynn because engineering works have overrun at uh, Littleport. So that is affecting uh, some journeys to and from London, Kings Cross. Alan Cowie, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alan, thank you very much indeed. So, Dave David Lloyd, the Hearts Police and Crime Commissioner, said that newspapers should be banned from printing adverts for escorts and massage parlours. Well, what do you think? Does that make sense, or is that a little bit maybe stretching his remit perhaps a little bit too far? 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. You can also comment uh, on Twitter. Someone has posted this morning, oh, since when was censorship part of his job description? We'll discuss this and more after the news with Catherine Boyle. Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning, it's seven o'clock. The headlines, Commissioner calls for an end to escort ads. Inquest opens following the death of a young offender and witness appeal after fatal crash in Gerrard's Cross. BBC Three Counties Radio. The Salvation Army is backing the Hertfordshire Police Commissioner's calls for the public to take a stand against newspapers carrying adverts for prostitution. David Lloyd wants civilians to play a more active part in law and order and he's hoping people will sign up to his campaign against ads for escort and massage services. Hannah Kingston is from the Salvation Army's Youth Department Department. They launched something similar last year. We've been asking people to do various things, but one of those things in particular is the actual physical act of cutting out these adverts in the back of our newspapers and sending them back to um, the newspaper editors with a letter stating why we want to see that come to an end. More on this story with Ian Lee up next. The trial of a man from Stevenage accused of murdering his girlfriend starts at Luton Crown Court today. 22-year-old Jack Wall has pleaded not guilty to the murder of 19-year-old Amelia Arnold, whose body was found in Hatfield last November. An inquest starts today into the death of a man at Aylesbury Young Offenders Institute. 21-year-old Billy Turner was found hanging in his cell in November 2011. Police are appealing for witnesses after a fatal accident on the A413 at Gerrard's Cross on Saturday afternoon. An 89-year-old man from Amersham died at the scene of the two-car collision on Amersham Road at around 20 past five. His wife has life-threatening injuries. Their passenger, along with two men from the other car, is being treated for serious injuries. A week after the bombings at the Boston Marathon, police are still waiting to speak to the only surviving suspect. Yokar Tsarnaev, who is 19, has a bullet wound to his throat. It's been suggested he might not be able to talk again. But the Boston Police Commissioner, Ed Davis, said they were hopeful he'd answer their question soon. The suspect is in uh, critical but stable condition. There is a uh, special interrogation team from the uh, Federal Bureau of Investigation that is standing by to talk to him. That hasn't happened yet. And until it does, and until the investigation is moved forward, uh, we won't know definitively what other things may come. The Education Secretary, Michael Gove, will announce plans later for a new technical baccalaureate for 16- to 19-year-olds. The government hopes the so-called tech back will give vocational courses the same status as A-levels. It'll be introduced in England from next year. In sport, the Liverpool striker Luis Suarez has apologised for biting the Chelsea defender Branislav Ivanovic during the Premier League game at Anfield yesterday, which ended 2-2. Suarez has said he's deeply sorry for what he called his inexcusable behaviour and that he let down everyone at his club. The 
Liverpool managing director Ian Eyre said the striker's behaviour was not befitting of any player wearing a Liverpool shirt and the FA is set to review the incident which wasn't spotted by referee Kevin Friend. The weather mainly dry with sunny spells and a top temperature of 15 degrees Celsius, that's 59 degrees Fahrenheit. There's more news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio, first for news. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's three minutes past seven, it's Monday, it's bright... I think it's going to be quite sunny. Wasn't the weather fantastic this weekend? Saturday, Saturday morning, feeding the the ducks on the River Thames. Wonderful, wonderful. That's what it's all about. Lots coming up on the show this morning that I'm sure you'd like to have your say in, including should newspapers be banned from printing adverts for escorts and massage parlours? The Police and Crime Commissioner for Hertfordshire, David Lloyd, thinks so. Do you agree, or do you think it's censorship? Well, I'll be speaking to a former tabloid editor to find out what he thinks. Liverpool striker Luis Suarez has apologised for biting Chelsea defender Branislav Ivanovic. An act of brutality is the independence verdict, while the Telegraph calls Suarez the cannibal of Anfield. Who or what have you bitten that you shouldn't have? And it's been a great weekend for Hemel Hempstead gymnast Max Whitlock. He became Great Britain's first male European floor champion. I'll be speaking to his coach to find out more about what happened. If you want to get in touch, you can go to facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. You can send me a text, 81333, start your text 3CR. Or, and this is the best way to get in touch, give me a call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Got to say, uh, earlier on in the show, Justin Dealey made some pretty strong comments about uh, Suarez, the footballer. Liverpool fans aren't happy with you, Justin. We'll, we'll, we'll get you to talk about that later on, but let's just say it's kicking off on Facebook and Justin Dealey is facing the wrath of Liverpool fans. Well, this morning we are talking about banning printed adverts for escorts and massage parlours. It's an idea that the Police and Crime Commissioner for Hertfordshire told us about last week. Speaking on this programme, David Lloyd said the public needed to take a stronger role in policing society. And he said that not buying those papers which carried adverts would be making a statement. What I'm saying is those people who are scared about intervening um, in, uh, in, in litter dropping have still got places that they can get involved. They can still do the neighbourhood watch part they can still not buy the newspaper which uh, has mm. advertisements in it for, for prostitution they can still not take the uh, cigarettes which have been smuggled You've, I think you did raise something very interesting that those adverts in the back of the local newspapers that are for obviously for escorts yes that's always struck me as odd that, that they can be advertised freely in, in the back of those well, papers it, it, no, no matter what your view on prostitution it strikes me as odd that uh, you're allowed to have a front for prostitution. And I don't think that uh, we, we should allow it. I think we should have a campaign against those newspapers, frankly. Well, earlier on, I spoke to Hannah Kingston from the Salvation Army's Youth Department. She says there are links from these adverts to human trafficking and thinks they should be stopped. We launched the Cut It Out campaign, which aims to raise awareness and take action against the issue of human trafficking for sexual exploitation. And um, we've been asking people to do various things to kind of help achieve these aims. But one of those things in particular is the actual physical act of cutting out 
these adverts in the back of our newspapers and sending them back to the newspaper editors with a letter stating why we want to see that come to an end. We just kind of think it's a complete injustice that we see these adverts on a daily basis in our free and our local papers. You know, it's something that we've been campaigning now for for a year and to kind of hear it's on other people's agendas as well and that it's out there as something that other people kind of, um, you know, really disagree with as well is something that we kind of really encourage well, Paul Conyu is from St Albans and is a former deputy editor of the News of the World and Daily Mirror. Joins me now. Good morning, Paul. Good morning. Paul, should these adverts be banned? I think, I think not. I think there's absolutely nothing wrong with campaigning uh, against them. And indeed, there are, there are some newspaper groups that don't accept them and, and, that's, and some that do. But you also always have to look at this on two levels. One is the question of censorship and whether, whether in a free society these adverts should be allowed and secondly is let's not forget and you know i'm sorry to be sort of fiscally sort of um, driven on this but there is actually the question of the survival of many local newspapers in fact um uh, and many of them rely heavily on you know on a dwindling advertising market and these are and these are one area of advertising that does still come in and uh, whether they wouldn't like it or not I don't particularly, but I think to I think to ban it could actually have repercussions. In fact, for the survival of some publications. So, are you saying, Paul, if we ban these adverts for prostitutes in the back of newspapers, some newspapers could go under? I think that's quite possible. You know, I mean, I mean sort of, uh, I don't know locally, but uh, you know, but but, cert- but certainly, I mean, you only have to look at the statistics on the closure of uh, of non-viable local newspapers because of the dwindling advertising, and you know, and. Uh, and I think you know that that any anything that actually bans advertising still further is going to have its, reper- its repercussions. So I think people who are actually campaigning for this will have to think about that. You know about the downside as well as the upside of uh, of, of banning these adverts. David Lloyd's um, point was that um, we can all do little. We're kind of living in an immoral society, and we can all do little bits and pieces to just raise our morality slightly. And getting rid of these adverts is is a step in that direction, isn't it? But as I said earlier, I, 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 you know, I don't have any objection at all. In fact, to campaigning against them and trying to persuade publishers don't don't accept them. Uh, but that's different from suggesting that, they should, that, that the law should be put into play and that they should be banned. Hannah uh, from um, the Salvation Army makes an interesting point that there there could be links drawn between these adverts and human trafficking. Well, I, I'm, obviously, I'm not an expert on, on on that field, and I I don't know what evidence she has to, to support that. But I but I would think that there are there are many other far more serious links to you know to, to human trafficking than than, than than those adverts. In a, in, 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 you know, but but obviously, uh, uh, I don't know on what she bases that and what research there is on that. These papers, uh, papers, Paula. I, I love the local papers. I, I genuinely think they're brilliant. My wife can't quite understand my fascination with them, but I think I'm nosy. Is 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 why I like them so much. So we've got these papers lying around the house, and if my my, my boys are a little bit younger, but when they're older, how would I explain something like that to them? Well, if if your boys are like mine, then they. Um then they they get their news either off TV or, or, or the internet. They don't actually read the local paper very much. So I'm, uh, which is one of the which is one of the one of the crises facing uh, facing both the regional, local, and, nas- and national press. So I'm I'm not overly concerned on on that factor. 
And should we be helping... The, 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 uh, listen, it's, it's not illegal, the, the, exactly what's going on here, but should we be helping the, these gentlemen that need to visit these services? Should we, services? Should we be indulging them like this? I, th- I think indulgence is the wrong, is the wrong word. I think in, in some ways this is better and safer and less antisocial than, uh, you know, than, than hookers cruising, the, you know, standing in doorways or pounding the pavement, uh, you know, and being picked up by curb crawlers in a, in, in a sense. In a sense, if you want to be, you know, if you want to accept the fact that prostitution, you know, for, for hundreds and thousands of years has been a reality, then, you know, then perhaps that's, you know, then adverts for escort girls in, a, in you know in the local or national press is probably safer than the curb crawling factor. Paul, I appreciate your time this morning. Paul Conyu, uh, former deputy editor of the News of the World and the Daily Mirror. What what do you think? I, I'm in two minds about this. I I, I I feel that these these ads are inappropriate in the in the back of the local paper next to someone trying to sell a black and decker. Unless that's some kind of sexual slang, I don't know. And I've completely misunderstood it. It just seems odd, doesn't it, that they're in the back and there are more of these adverts than anything else. Is it really appropriate in a family newspaper? And local papers are family papers. They're telling us about all the naughty councillors that are out there. They're celebrating wonderful things that are happening in schools and local sporting achievements. And they're advertising prostitutes. What do you think? Do you agree with David Lloyd that, that these adverts should be stopped, that we should boycott these newspapers? Or do you think, as um, someone on Twitter uh, mentioned earlier on, it's censorship. Manners PR. It's censorship. Manners PR says, I didn't realise censorship was part of the remits of police commissioners. Bit of harmless fun or something we should be doing something else about? 08459 455 555. No connection whatsoever between these two stories, I hope. We move from uh, from prostitutes to things that you have bitten that you shouldn't have bitten. Steady. Steady now, for goodness sakes. We've got young ears listening. In the uh, light of Suarez chomping on another football player at the weekend. And the picture is... Incredible. As you may be aware, I don't follow the football particularly closely. It's, it's never held much fascination uh, for me. But the picture on the front page of The Sun, and it's on the back page of uh, The Express and The Mail and, and quite a few of the other papers, is Suarez, who is apparently worth, what, £30 million? £40 million? Pounds. And he's got, he's got a set of gnashes on him. Look at that picture there. He's got some teeth, a little bit yellowing, but he's got some teeth. Well, he's biting another football player's arm and it's not just an accidental oh he's ah yeah the arm fell into my mouth as i was chewing it's a proper full-on chomping on a gentleman's arm well we're celebrating the magic of biting uh this morning and we're asking what have you um bitten on that perhaps you shouldn't have done georgian wing has texted in eight one three double three starting his text 3CR. My younger sister used to bite me when she was about three years old. I was five or six. The attacks were unprovoked and would sometimes happen in the back of the car, so there was no escape. One day, my sister had bitten me. My mum bit her. My my sister never bit again and has now been a vegetarian for at least 30 years. Well, that's how I stopped biting. My mum wrote... I used to bite my my sister and the cat. My mum grabbed me, rolled up my sleeve and uh, chomped on my forearm. Benjamin says on Facebook, while at school as a, as a teen for a bet of a fiver... What? While at school as a teen for a bet of a fiver, I bit into a lolly with a live caterpillar in. It was horrible as I had to eat the whole thing, but I did it as I needed the money. I needed the money. Well, how would you get a live caterpillar into a lolly, you muppet? How is that even possible? 
Oh, that's horrible. No, Benjamin is is, is saying it's live, producer Laura. You're you're doubting Benjamin's take on this, are you? Yeah, mostly, because you see in some of those quite posh department stores where you get those bugs or spiders or kind of things that you can eat. And and if something's been solidified in a lolly, then surely it's dead. Are Are you saying that Benjamin Field is a liar? I am questioning the status of okay. the insect. Well, Benjamin is also the gentleman that's rather angry with Justin Dealey for his comments <laughs> about Suarez. So I just, I just want to tread carefully. I don't, I don't want to upset Benjamin. Uh, I've eaten those chocolate bugs. You know, you get bugs like I think it was ants Ooh. covered in chocolate. Chewy, crunchy. But you're vegetarian. Oh yeah. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. I knew there was some reason I shouldn't have done it. Right, let's get the travel news now. Here's Alan. Hearts and Bucks Travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, nothing uh, significant reported on the roads, but uh, a bit slow on the uh, M1, southbound between Junction 10, Luton and Junction 9 at uh, Redbourne. The M25 anti-clockwise has uh, slight delays from Junction 26, Waltham Abbey, round to Junction 25, which is the A10. That's towards the roadworks section, and also uh, heavy from Junction 17, Maple Cross, round to Junction 16, the M40. That's on the uh, Heathrow-bound side. Uh, the A1M southbound at Stevenage, heavy from Junctions uh, 8 to 7. And on the trains, we We've got delays of up to half an hour to First Capital Connect between Cambridge and Kings Lynn, and that's because engineering works have overrun Littleport, but that will affect uh, some trains that run through to London, Kings Cross. Alan Cowie, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Alan. I seem to remember eating a grasshopper at some point as well, but I'm, I'm, it was probably when I was still drinking, so it's very difficult to remember. Right, 7.16, it's Monday the 22nd of April, I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The Salvation Army is backing the Hertfordshire's Police Commissioner's call for the public to boycott newspapers that carry adverts for escorts and massage services. The trial of a Stevenage man accused of murdering his girlfriend Amelia Arnold starts at Luton Crown Court later. And in sport, the Liverpool striker Luis Suarez has apologised for biting the Chelsea defender Branislav Ivanovic during the Premier League game at Anfield yesterday, which ended 2-all. The weather today for beds, hearts and bucks, mainly dry and cloudy, with a, uh, bright or sunny spells this morning. Later, the cloud may thicken to produce a few spots of light rain. Maximum temperature is 15 degrees. Well, later on, we'll be talking about one village near Milton Keynes who are furious that their GP surgery is closed. 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday from three, Roberto Peroni with the best local news stories. I get to meet a lot of really interesting people with the most amazing stories. We feel as if we haven't been taken notice of. Yesterday we heard that the bank had gone, but today it's still there. The cat got delivered up in Kabul. You should be back in the UK in two months. With the best local talking points. Do some of the bakers have flapjack fights? No, of course not, Roberto. Well, not in our shops. <laughs> Roberto Peroni, weekdays from three. On BBC. BBC Three Counties Radio. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Or you can give me a call 08459 455 555. David Lloyd, uh, a name you've heard on here several times, the Police and Crime Commissioner for Hertfordshire, wants to put an end to those adverts in the back of newspapers which advertise massage parlours and, well, prostitutes, basically. What do you think? David Dunstable, what do you think? Yes, good morning, Ian. Morning. I, I, I think he should just go down there and arrest them because... It, they're doing the police a favour, and they're telling them where they are. But then, um, for the most part, they're not doing anything illegal. 
What, to put in the advert? Yeah, that's not, that's not illegal. Well, if I put an advert in for drugs for sale, call my phone number. I'm sure the police will soon come round in and uh, have a word with me about it. What drugs have you got? No, uh, but 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 that's but th- selling drugs is illegal. Uh, prostitution itself is not illegal. illegal. No, it's not illegal. Oh, yeah. I always thought it was illegal. No, it's not. There, there are things associated with it that are illegal, but the prostitution itself, uh, the exchange of sexual services for money, is not a crime. Uh, soliciting in a public place is a crime. Curb crawling is a crime. Uh, and owning or managing a brothel is a crime. But um, if I were to pay... Um, but, but if you were selling your body for sex, David, that's not illegal. Yeah, but... Well, surely if... These adverts are advertising brothels, aren't they? Well, now that we start to get to the technicalities, they're not always... For, for When I was researching this story, uh, they, they quite often just advertise one lady, I think. Some of them do advertise companies, and I can't quite see how that gets around the legal uh, thing. But, yeah, some of them, it's just, it's just one woman working from home. So, no, it, it's not illegal. So the police can't force them to stop these adverts. Do you well, think, think do you agree with David Lloyd that it, it, it kind of it's small things like this that that just tear at the moral fabric of society? Well it stops the curb crawling like your previous caller said, doesn't it? Oh. So I think curb crawling would probably be far worse than an advert in a newspaper. So do you think in some ways that having these adverts in the back of papers actually makes society a little bit better? Well, I think if people want that sort of service, they know where to go, don't they? David in Dunstable, thank you very much indeed. 08459 455 555. The actual act of prostitution itself is perfectly legal. It's kind of the, the, the things around it that are illegal, and I guess that's the problem. 08459 455 555. The Liverpool striker Luis Suarez has apologised for biting Chelsea defender Branislav Ivanovic during the Premier League game at Anfield yesterday. The incident happened in the second half of Liverpool's 2 all draw against Chelsea. Well, Suarez is currently the Premier League's top scorer with 23 goals and has just been named on a shortlist of six for the Professional Footballers Association Player of the Year Award. Well, former Liverpool defender Alan Hansen spoke about this on Match of the Day 2 last night. Absolutely appalling. Why he did it, we will never know. He's got previous, there's obviously a massive flaw in the character. It is horrific for Liverpool Football Club, the history, the tradition for the player himself. He couldn't hit the back of a cow with a banjo, for all of you FIFA fans out there. We can talk now to Hertfordshire's Mick Dennis, the Daily Express football correspondent. Morning, Mick. Good morning. What do you make of this incident? Well, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, it was such a surprise and such a shock that uh, I think that sort of explains the reaction. Um, we, uh, we react like this because we're not... Uh, don't, not expecting anything like that. It's when Evander Holyfield got his ear bitten off by Tyson, and and it's it's so uh, not to do with sport and so not to do with the way we behave in society. But I think we need to sort of calm down a little bit because uh, the interesting thing from my point of view is how well Liverpool have handled it since it happened, and that's in such stark contrast to what they did when Suarez was accused of racially abusing. Patrice Evra. What have they done, Mick? I've, I, what, how have Liverpool handled this? Well, let's think about how they handled Evra first, but, but Kenny Dalglish was the manager. As soon as the referee went, sent a message to his room and said, could you come and talk to me? There's been an allegation about one of your players. He knew what it was about, and he said, oh, he's got some previous about this, hasn't he, meaning Evra. And they drew the wagons round in a circle. You, our listeners may remember they had T-shirts printed supporting their player. Um, and... Um, 
they they defended him so much so it became a became a sort of uh, Liverpool versus Manchester United rather than looking at the issue and I still get letters and emails from Liverpool fans who are in complete denial despite a absolutely forensic uh, um, destruction of his case and uh, by by the the independent panel and so on and so on so that was what they did then this this time Brendan Rodgers the manager not unknown in Hertfordshire um, refused to say anything at all. Didn't didn't say anything defensive. He said, "I'm." And, and sometimes when managers say, "I've got to look at it," that is in itself a defence. But he did say, "We're not going to say anything until we've looked at it." And then, then the beauty of uh, Twitter and other instant um, means of communication now is, as soon as they had looked at it, they the, the club put out an apology. Uh, uh, the player started to apologise. He contacted uh, the victim. Um, elicited, uh, it gave him an apology and elicited a sort of acceptance. So, so by the time papers were being printed, they had uh, the apologies and the admissions. And, and but Mickey, any, Mick, he's a multi, he's a multi. Whether it's, whether it's a criminal case or a civil case or or a sporting case, an admission of guilt is, it goes a long way to but helping Mick, the situation. He's a multi-millionaire. Yes. He's a, a, an inspiration for children all yes. over the country, all over the world, yes. and he's got previous uh, uh, biting. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, that's... You see, <laughs> we, because we do, we do... I, 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 this, this is a common theme in my life. I see, I see people who are capable of doing extraordinary things on the field, and so we start to think they are extraordinary people, but of course they're not. They're flawed like you and me. And, and the real um, genius of what they do on the field is that they are ordinary people capable of doing extraordinary things. And you're saying because he's, he's a, a genius uh, yeah. uh, football that we should indulge him slightly and let no, him get no, away no, with behaviour. I'm saying that this, uh, this particular offence is not more... Si- because it's so out of keeping with football and such a bizarre thing to do. And we, shall we all agree that eating people is wrong? I think we can all accept that. Unless they ask for it, yes. But um, it's, it, in my mind, it is not more serious than, than um, uh, an elbow smashed in the face. It's not more serious than um, running 30 yards to, to um, go over the top on the ball and, and maybe end someone's career. Mick, OK, we have to end it there, just because I, I want to get in some more voices. Thank you very much, Mick Dennis. Uh, Daily Express football correspondent. What do you think? 08459 four double five five double five. Are people overreacting? Or well, we can go now to our toothy toothy bite bite correspondent, Justin Dealey. Justin. <laughs> crunch, crunch, absolutely. Mm, delicious. I'm with uh, John Shell live here in Lewiston. John, you're an ex-referee. Um, give us your reaction to what you saw yesterday afternoon. Well, I didn't think the... Uh, I thought it was a bit of a, t- a terrible thing to happen, um, you know, for, for one player to do that to another player. But... Um, Talking on the referee side, obviously the referee didn't see it. Had the referee have seen it, then he would have definitely he would have definitely gone walkabout. No problem about that. But you must have been appalled. I mean, I've never seen anything like that as a fan. Somebody biting another player is incredible. Well, no, nor have I. The worst I've seen is um, sort of somebody kicking somebody or somebody punching somebody, which I, you know I dealt with and yeah. um, just got rid of them. But uh, as I say, if the referee had seen it, he would obviously have gone. No problem. So you're an ex-referee, somebody who refereed for ten years. You've never seen that before somebody biting an opponent you've never seen that no no not at all no mm. never when I mentioned to Ian around an hour ago that he's a racist he's a diver now no I'm not <laughs> oh you mean the football player sorry <laughs> yes, carry yes, on yes. <laughs> <laughs> he's a racist he's a diver he's a biter is there no place now for Suarez in our game well, what do you think um 
Well, as far as I, I wouldn't like to get into the racist bit, you know, um, you hear so many things, uh, people say so many things about other people, but uh, as far as skill-wise and as a footballer, I, I, he, he's, a, he's a top, yeah. but his, his actions and his attitude sometimes... Uh, uh, need looking at. And you're somebody who knows what you're talking about here, an ex-referee. He's got to be in now. Once the FA see this and they see the footage, he's got to be in for a huge fine and surely a long ban. Surely. Well, uh, the FA have got their own ways of deal with it, dealing with things. FIFA have got their own way of What would you do? <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, yeah. He's been banned before, uh, as the radios are saying. Um, uh, he was banned, I think it was uh, in the Dutch league. So uh, obviously that people will look at that and um, go for it again, I would imagine. I, I think he, he obviously deserves something serious, something really serious. Appreciate your time. Thank you, John. Okay, there you go. That's uh, John Shell joining us live, an ex-referee here in Lucen. And um, Ian, you mentioned earlier that somebody was not very happy with my comments about Suarez. Can you tell me more? Yeah, I'm I can. By this. For the first time since I've been here, it's not me getting the flack on Facebook. It's you. <laughs> Benjamin <laughs> Coppet Field says yeah. on the Facebook page, firstly, Suarez is a genius. Yes, I did and, say that, yeah. yes. And I'm angry, he's put an extra A in there, okay. I'm angry with Justin's comments calling him a diver make <laughs> make him apologize thank you do you know what i'm sorry but i am not going to oh, apologize justin just that. please i can't apologize because oh. i know what i see when i see suarez on tv that there was an incident last year where there was nobody anywhere near the ball i mean get this man into the olympic games because he was just diving anybody surely somebody somebody's going to back me up here louis suarez is a diver oh. yes he is a genius when he's got the ball at his feet but when the ball not at his feet. He is a diver. That is a fact. Justin, Benjamin Field is angry. He may be angry, but um, he's obviously not watching the same game that I'm watching. Football is a game full of opinions. Luis Suarez is a wonderful football player, but unfortunately, what else he gets up to is just not right. And Liverpool Football Club are such a historic football club, absolutely wonderful football club. They don't need players like that, giving them a bad reputation. They don't need that, Ian. So just finally... Are you going to apologise no, to Ben? <laughs> I would do. I would apologise oh, if I got it wrong. But on this one, and I'm sure that many people will phone you up right now, backing me up, Luis Suarez is a diver. 08459 Thanks a lot for nothing, Justin. Oh, dear. Right, travel news now. Beds, hearts and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, looking a bit slow on the uh, London-bound M1 between Junction 11 at Stunstable and Junction 9 at uh, Redbourne. And the M25 anti-clockwise is heavy uh, towards the roadwork section. It's heavy from Junction 26 to 25 at the A10. And then from Junction 25 to 23 South Mims, it's down to 50 through those uh, roadworks. And a very slow uh, anti-clockwise as well from 19 Watford round to Junction 16, which is the M40. Uh, Stevenage on the A1M uh, southbound Junctions 8 and uh, 7, the traffic looking a bit slow and on the trains we've got a good service now uh, for First Capital Connect uh, routes via Littleport uh, there was a problem with the uh, engineering works which uh, overran earlier this morning so good service on the trains now into uh, London King's Cross Alan Cowie BBC Three Counties Radio Thank you Alan let's get the news and sport now with Kath- uh, Catherine Boyle Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking This is BBC Three Counties Radio
Good morning. At 7.30, the headlines, the Salvation Army is backing the Hertfordshire Police Commissioner's calls for the public to boycott newspapers that carry adverts for escort and massage services. The trial of a Stevenage man accused of murdering his girlfriend, Amelia Arnold, starts at Luton Crown Court later. And police are appealing for witnesses after a fatal accident on the A413 at Gerrard's Cross on Saturday afternoon. Beds, Hearts and Bucks Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. The Liverpool striker Luis Suarez faces disciplinary action from both his club and the FA after biting the Chelsea defender Branislav Ivanovic at Anfield during the 2-2 draw yesterday. The Uruguayan has apologised for his behaviour, but Liverpool manager Brendan Rodgers called it unacceptable. And the former Reds defender Mark Lawrenson says the club must take a tough stance in dealing with Suarez. Barry, congratulations. Job done. Yeah, it was nice to get through and not have to come back after having a mid-session interval, so it was nice to win them four frames. Um, sort of like fell over the end and fell over the line there. Sorry, end. that's clearly not about football. That is about snooker, and I'll oh, tell you about that maybe in half an hour. Oh, dear. Manchester United will be crowned Premier League champion tonight if they beat Aston Villa at Old Trafford. Manchester City's 3-1 defeat at Tottenham yesterday means they're 13 points behind United with five games of the season remaining. Yeah, okay, focus, focus, <laughs> deep breath, and away we go. Okay, in the championship, Watford boss Gianfranco Zola says he hasn't given up hopes of automatic promotion. The Hornets beat Blackburn 4-0 on Saturday. They're four points from Hull in the second, with two games remaining, and Zola says he's positive ahead of their match against Leicester on Friday. No, no, we're going to go there, we want to win, and uh, we're going to go there and uh, and uh, try our best to see how it comes. Uh, the tough game, I know, but uh, we are a team that can do crazy things. Mm. Finally, MK Dons are staying You're in You're doing League crazy one. things this morning, Kathleen. <laughs> <laughs> Kathleen now. After losing 1-0 to Scunthorpe at the weekend, ruling out a place in the playoffs. Here's their manager, Carl Robinson. Well, I think that we've got to have a good look at where we want to go. Um, maybe this is a reality set for everybody, for where we are. Not a reality set for me. It's something that, that we've known that we've got to work on and it's something that we'll look to improve over, over forthcoming years. And that's your latest news and sport. More from me at 8 o'clock. Uh, first of all, I said Kathleen. <laughs> and yes, when I was introducing you, I did forget your name. How could you? Uh, well, I, I, I'm desperately trying to. Uh, no, I'm not. That's rude. <laughs> that came out wrong. Uh, how can I get out of that? I can't. I forgot your name. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> Anything else? A bit awkward, this, isn't it? Just a bit. Should I press a button and we'll move on? I miss David Prever. Oi. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. I miss Serena. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio, 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Do you want to do the news next, Producer Laura? Yeah, because actually sometimes our travel news doesn't come through quite as we would have hoped and I can do that. And I used to read the news yeah, once yeah, upon a time. I yeah, could do it. Yeah. So, so, all right, we'll do that then, fine. Fine, half, half eight. I can, I'm on standby. Right, hang on a second, there's one at eight o'clock. You don't even know when the next news is. No. You're fired. Oh. Great weekend for Hemel Hempstead uh, gymnast Max Whitlock. He became Great Britain's first male European floor champion. I'll be speaking to his coach in a little bit to find out more about what happened. Now, if you've paid any attention to the tabloid newspapers over the past few months, you may have read about predictions of an influx of Romanian and Bulgarian immigrants to Britain next year when restrictions on working are lifted. Well, this morning, a new survey commissioned by the BBC in uh, two countries has found no indication of that being the case. In fact, very few of those questions ha- questioned had concrete plans to move to the UK. The full report on this will feature on Newsnight on BBC Two tonight at 10.30. But for now, we can get the details on this from our reporter, Gavin Lee, who's in the Romanian capital, Bucharest, this morning. Good morning, Gavin. 
Hello, morning Ian. What, what's Bucharest like? Oh, it's interesting actually. There's a certain beauty to it. It's you know, I mean, Romania itself is one of the poorest countries in the whole of the EU. So you can tell that there there is a fair bit of po- poverty in around the city centre. It's nice today. It's nice in the sun. There's a lot of Soviets of square block type buildings in around Bucharest. But uh, yeah, it's, it's got the feel of if you've been to Brussels about it. That sort of the old um, nice style buildings. It's it's got it's got a, a bustling heart anyway to it. But uh, as you leave. Uh, um, Bucharest, you do get a sense of Transylvania that's all around uh, mm. Romania and sort of Vlad-type uh, country. But you know, it's, it's an interesting place to be. Uh, Gavin, uh, talk me through the survey and what people have said. Well, the point is, and the point of this, you go back to 2004 and all of the the problems that came off the back of so many countries, mainly Eastern European countries, Poland in particular, um, emigrating to the UK and those numbers being something like fivefold what the predictions were. There were well, ultimately 2.2 million people have uh, emigrated to Britain from elsewhere in Europe between 1997 and um, well, last year when it was taken and that was m- many more than was uh, originally predicted. So this is a, a survey to try and look at you know all of the hyperbole which some newspapers express in particular said 29 million um, Bulgarians and Romanians could be on their way well the population of both countries is 29 million so it's it, it will be difficult to imagine likely. that all of them will be coming over right Exactly, yeah. Certainly the people I've spoke to suggest it might be otherwise. But ultimately, there, there was a few questions that they asked. About 1,000 people in Romania, in different parts. 1,000 people, just over 1,000 people in Bulgaria. Firstly, whether they'd considered moving to live and work in another EU member state. A third of those in Romania said yes. Just over a third in Bulgaria said yes. The rest said no. Then asked where they wanted to live. Around 8% of Romanians and 13% of Bulgarians said they'd considered the UK, amongst other countries... And then when they whittled it down even more and said, was the UK the first choice country, 4% of Romanians uh, said it was, with just under 10% of Bulgarians saying the same. Now, of course, this isn't scientific, it's a snapshot, and even with this, it would indicate that thousands could potentially be coming if that were the case, but certainly isn't the suggestion, as we've heard recently, that millions are coming over. There was also a difference, wasn't there, between those who said they'd like to come and those who had actually started to make concrete plans? Yeah, I mean, quite a difference, actually. I mean, it was clear from the survey that there's a lot of people uh, who said that it was their desire, but actually when it came down to any intentions, that uh, reduced. So if I just give, give those figures again, 4% of Romanians said the UK was their first choice. That works out to about 40 um, 40 people, ultimately, and, and just under 10%, so around 90 Bulgarians saying the same. 0.4% of Romanians said they'd started making concrete plans 1.2% of Bulgarians said that they've actually started to look for a job and as the other thing is bear in mind this comes in this new um, re- restriction relaxation of these work rules January the 1st from next year there are more people intending to travel this year than there are according to this survey uh, next year when the changes come in so as I say this is not a scientific prediction but it's one survey that runs counter to all of those recent spate of uh, reports which suggest much higher figures there will be people listening to this Gavin I know because I've spoken to them who will be saying yeah they're not coming over here to work they're coming over here to get their benefits what sense do you yeah. get of, 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 uh, of that out there well, it's interesting because Newsnight put a separate question to to people who'd been asked all of these 
pretty um, straightforward um, sequence of questions. They asked whether David Cameron's recent announcement that he said that um, he would be trying to restrict state benefits for Romanians and Bulga Bulgarians to make it harder for them to claim in the UK. Uh, of the Romanians asked about that, whether it would affect their decision, 70% said it would, but most of the Bulgarians said it wouldn't affect their plans. So, yeah, I think there is a, a sense that from the talk, the fact that they could be spending longer without any money if they were coming not to work does put people off. Gavin Lee in Bucharest, thank you very much indeed. Across beds, hearts and bucks, this is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. The only bit of Bulgarian I know is Kalinka Malinka. Do you know what Kalinka Malinka is? Ladybird. Yeah, we had a, a, listen to our middle class. We had a Bulgarian cleaner for a while, and we had loads of like, loads of ladybirds. When I say loads, I mean like sort of forty. Imagine forty or fifty ladybirds coming through a window. I said, "Oh my goodness, look at the Kalinka Malinka!" Boom! What a great word. Hemel Hempstead's Max Whitlock uh, became Great Britain's first male European floor champion after he shared gold with Israel's Alexander Shatilov in Moscow over the weekend. Whitlock also won bronze on the pommel horse and silver in the all-round event in what's proved to be an amazing weekend for the Hertfordshire gymnast. Pommel is always my main focus and um, I want floor to be as well and then obviously the all-round like I've been saying before and um, you know... I just can't believe this whole weekend at Europeans for me. It's, it's been absolutely amazing. And, um, yeah, I don't, I don't even know what to say. I'm pretty speechless, to be honest. It's unbelievable. Well, Scott uh, Han is Max's coach. Morning, Scott. Good morning. I'm assuming there were some celebrations last night. Did you go out and party? Um, yeah, we did, actually. It was really nice. The uh, Federation actually got, got us all together, a couple of bottles of champagne, you know, a nice toast to all the guys and everything and all the hard work that got into the to get the amazing results that we did this week. How significant is this an achievement for Max? Oh, it's huge. It's a, it's a massive achievement. Obviously, you know, to, to, to number one, win three medals, which is, I believe is also unheard of, but to uh, become European champion on floor, um, you know, it's fantastic. And it's a step forward because obviously his target um, is to look, you know, with a view to sort of do something similar in Rio. And... and to start the year um, and start the Olympic cycle the way he has, it's just been a, a huge step. It's very significant. There seems to be a, a little bit of a renaissance for British gymnastics in terms of, of respect from the public and also uh, the, the skills that the British gymnasts are displaying, particularly the men, it would appear. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you, you can't even imagine the, the work and the research and the investment that's gone into it. I mean, we're, we're very lucky that we're being supported by the Lottery um, and UK Sport and obviously British Gymnastics and Max's Club, South Essex Gymnastics Club have, have played a huge role in that. Um, you know, and, and we're also a fantastic team, so we all work together, we all pull together and, you know, uh, the, the results are shining through and, and we're just, you know, I'm very, you know, fortunate to have someone um, so committed and dedicated such as Max and, and together we seem to be doing it right. Uh, can I be honest with you, Scott? I can't watch gymnastics. Not because I don't like it. I think it's amazing. It looks wonderful. It scares me. It, when they're up and about and flipping about and on those bars and those rings, I'm worried that they're going to fall off and, and break their necks or something. You must see some pretty horrible injuries. It, it's funny you should say that um, because to, to watch, I think it is quite spectacular and, and, and cutting edge. Actually, you've got to remember these guys, they don't just do these things. They, they spend... They start gymnastics when they're four or five years old and, and spend the best part of ten years just preparing for the chance or the one opportunity to go and complete these skills. So there are actually not very many injuries um, that happen at all. 
Is this a sign of good things to come uh, in Rio 2016, is it? Yes, it would be, wouldn't it? Oh, my goodness. That's right, yeah. Uh, well, you know, if no one can say yes or no. No one can predict the future. But let's, uh, let's, let's just say that we're certainly doing the, the, the right development and the, and the programme seems to be going the right way. And if it continues, then I, I don't see why we shouldn't see some great things happening in Rio. Well, Scott, send our best to Max, and thank you very much for coming on. That's Scott Han, uh, who's Max's coach. Call 08459 455 555. 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Steve has sent me an email regarding um, David Lloyd's... Uh, uh, well, David Lloyd's urging. I don't know if it's necessarily a plan yet, but uh, he wants to see the end of adverts in the back of newspapers advertising, well, prostitutes, basically. Uh, Steve has emailed ian.lee at bbc.co.uk. As long as those involved are paying tax on their earnings and not dishonestly claiming benefits, then where's the problem? I'll stop you there, Stephen. I would imagine... And this is kind of just a little bit of guesswork. I would imagine that the kind of uh, people that are uh, advertising in the back of the local newspapers... Isn't it cash in hand? I I doubt people are going to be paying by debit cards. I doubt they're going to be VAT registered. So, just to flag that up. In a different job while overseas, I met many escorts with degrees who not only enjoyed their work, but also transformed their lives in a few years by being able to buy houses with cash with cash yeah, while having enough left over to set up businesses in southeast asia if you want pretty girls to attend for example a sporting or business event you approach the local escort agency you'll have seen this on major motor racing events shown on tv where scantily clad girls described as models walk around pit lanes and racing cars prior to the start of the race i don't think they're the same class of woman who's advertising in the back of the milton Keynes citizen or wherever i don't know if they do those adverts there but i i, I think it, these women are offering slightly different things Attitudes towards sex and sexism in this country belong in a different century and have been warped by rhetoric promoting political correctness. By all means, tackle the issues in Hightown and other places that cause inconvenience to the public. But if these adverts were of any real concern, the authorities will have done something about it. They haven't, so the police and crime commissioner should drop it. Regards, Steve. Well, what do you think? Do you agree with Steve? I would say there is... I would be very surprised... By the way, if you are one of these women and you've put an advert in the back of the newspaper so love to talk to you this morning uh, i would be very surprised if these women are operating on anything other than a cash in hand basis the majority of them i would doubt they're vat registered i'd be very surprised they got an accountant and it's all going through the books it isn't you phone up do you do a massage yeah do you um do anything extras we can talk about that when you get here i, I think that's how it works isn't it i'm sure it is steve i appreciate your email um if you want to email me you can Ian, I-A-I-N dot L-E-E at BBC dot co dot UK. Better to give me a call, though. We can discuss these things on the air. 08459 455 555. It's approaching 7.45. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Alan. Beds, hearts and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning. Well, the M25 uh, anti-clockwise is very slow from Junction 19. That's at Watford, round to Junction 15, which is the M4. Now, it was already looking quite slow, but we've had reports of a breakdown within the queue between Junction 16, the M40, and 15, which is the uh, M4. So a breakdown just uh, adding to delays. The uh, M1 southbound is slow from the Toddington services towards Junction 9. That's at uh, Redbourne. 
but uh, elsewhere looking uh, okay, a little bit heavy on the uh, M40 towards London from Junction 2, Beaconsfield towards the M25, but uh, nothing out of the ordinary. We've got a uh, good service now on all train lines. Alan Cowie, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alan, thank you very much indeed. Right, 7.46 or thereabouts. It's Monday the 22nd of April. I'm Ian Lee and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The Salvation Army is backing the Hertfordshire's Police Commissioner's calls for the public to boycott newspapers that carry adverts for escort and massage services. The trial of a Stevenage man accused of murdering his girlfriend Amelia Arnold is set to begin at Luton Crown Court later. In sport, the Liverpool striker Luis Suarez faces disciplinary action from both his club and the FA after biting the Chelsea defender Branislav Ivanovic at Anfield during the two-all draw yesterday. Coming up, we'll be hearing more about your reactions to Liverpool striker Luis Suarez. Is he a bit of a diver, a little bit of a cheat, as Justin says, or do you disagree with that and agree with someone on Facebook, Benjamin, who says, come on, he's a genius, he's not a diver. And also, what have you bitten that you shouldn't have bitten? 08459 455555. But before that, is the weather with Kate Kinsella. Beds, hearts and bugs weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, it's not a bad start to the new working week. Temperature-wise, across all three counties, between 5 and 7 Celsius, so it's a relatively speaking mild start to the day. There is a bit of cloud around for some of us, particularly over Buckinghamshire and parts of Hertfordshire at the moment. Some of that thick enough to produce one or two spots of rain, but it's unlikely for most of us. Other parts of uh, the region, though, we're looking at sunshine. So parts of West Hertfordshire, beautiful sunshine at the moment, but it will become hazy and the cloud will thicken from time to time through the course of the day, but it is feeling warm in the light southwesterly wind. We are looking at a maximum temperature later on this afternoon of around 15 Celsius. That's 59 degrees in in Fahrenheit, and that's pretty much the seasonal average. So we're back on track for the time being. Now the cloud will stay with us this evening and overnight tonight, and again thick enough to produce one or two spots, but it will become dry eventually. And it's a mild night, minimum down to eight Celsius, 46 degrees in Fahrenheit. For some of us, it could actually be. A little bit warmer than that, 9 or even 10 Celsius overnight. So it's a mild start to Tuesday. Bit of cloud around first thing, but some sunny spells tomorrow as well. Light winds and that temperature will be getting a little bit above the seasonal average. Tomorrow looking at a maximum of 17 Celsius. That's 63 degrees in Fahrenheit. That's your forecast. Thank you, Kate. Tackling your consumer problems. Sylvie wasn't happy with the quality of her telephone line. Kate's having problems with her leaky garage roof. The JVS Show. Five times they've not turned up for the appointment. I've still got the leak, which is obviously getting worse. Fighting for your rights. I went to speak to your telephone company and I said, look, what on earth is going on? The JVS Show. Have they managed to fix the problem with the internet? Yeah, it's fantastic. Absolutely wonderful. It could not, well, it would not have happened without your intervention. If you have a consumer problem, we can do the same. Same for you. It took one phone call from yourselves, whereas I've been trying for over six months. The JVS Show, weekday mornings from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. So to celebrate the magic of uh, Luis Suarez, not the magic, he's a naughty, naughty man, to celebrate the magic of biting, we're asking this morning, what have you bitten that you shouldn't have? When I was younger, I was a big biter. Oh, I used to bite all the time. I loved it. I loved the sensation bite my sister, I bit the cat, bit the cat's paw but the, I remember, that I can feel it, I can feel the taste of the fur on the roof of my mouth 
and the pads on my tongue. I can feel it now. Oh, and I bit that paw and then I threw Toby down the stairs. I know, awful, awful. And my mum gave me such a rollicking. I said rollicking. Uh, and to uh, get uh, to teach me not to do it anymore, she bit me. And I stopped. We had a fella chewing chewing gum, blew a big bubble, popped it, started chewing again, something crunchy and sour. There was a ladybird in there, a Kalinka Malinka was in there. We've all eaten flies, haven't we? Ay, disgust. I seem to remember as well being 15, working in B Jams, and for some reason I was showing off to a girl. This is, this is why I, I didn't have a girlfriend for years. I was showing off to a girl. I poured Castrol GTX over my chips. Yeah, I know, and I ate one. Oh, I ate more than one because I was showing off to a girl. <laughs> no wonder it was several years before I actually got a girlfriend. 08459 four double five five double five. Things you've bitten that you should not have bitten. Well, the reason we're talking about this is because of that naughty Liverpool striker, Luis Suarez, who's apologised for biting the Chelsea defender, Branislav Ivanovic, during the Premier League game at Anfield yesterday. The incident happened in the second half of Liverpool's two-all draw against Chelsea. Suarez said he's let down everybody at his club. Well, our reporter, Justin Dealey, knows a lot about football and, indeed, a lot about biting. Justin, what have people been saying? <laughs> people are not happy. Yes, I'm sorry for, for, for biting you. Uh, an incredible apology. Well, um, I mentioned this at about 6.20 this morning, Ian. I was going to go out into the streets and simply say the name Suarez, and then I was going to see what people said next. Well, I've done that in Luton this morning, and this is what happened. Up first is Robert. Robert. Louis Suarez. Yes, it- called himself a footballer of professional outlet and he's disgusting the way he performs or the way he did perform that night uh, that's no way a sportsman to behave I mean there's a limit and there are guidelines I'm a sports person all my life and that's unacceptable OK Michelle Luis Suarez OK what I would say is that it was unexpected unprecedented and not professional disgraceful uh, and animal Alan Suarez, what's the next words out of your mouth? Disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. I can't believe that anybody would sort of... I mean, it was... He sort of got hold of the chap's arm and sort of looked at it and then sort of... It was almost as though he thought... God, that looks good. I'm going to have some of that. <laughs> I, you know, it, it really was. It, I, I, I couldn't believe my eyes. I really couldn't. Come on, Alan. Are you telling me you've never bitten anybody in your life? Yes. Yeah, I, I mean, I played football. I've given a love bite. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hang on a second. We've got to another. But not to another fella. <laughs> so it's disgusting he should be banned? <laughs> yes. Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah, oh, I think so. I, he should have been bad last time when he would all this diving, but um, no, this is, that's the final straw as far as I was concerned. That gentleman was very out of breath. Yeah, he was. He was so angry. He was so furious. Yeah. He was breathless. I, 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 Justin, come on now, because we know mm. that, that Benjamin on, on Facebook is unhappy with you. Did, where, where are the ones of people supporting him? Because I know you well, must have some. <laughs> none. None oh. at all. And you mentioned there with uh, uh, before about diving and um, that this person on Facebook is angry that, that 
that I would suggest that, that Suarez yep. is a diver. How outrageous of me. Um, you've heard Alan there saying he should have been banned before for diving. I think anybody who watches football, who is a, a real football fan, will identify that that player may be a bit of a genius, but also he's a diver, I'm afraid. He is a diver. Well, Matt's posted on Facebook. Have a listen to this. Ben, he's talking to, to Ben Field, who, who was very angry with you. Ben, be a realist, mate. The guy does go down far too easy. Yeah. I also support Liverpool, and I'm embarrassed by the diving. Mm -hmm. As for this latest incident, we need to sell him on. He's on the front of the paper more often than the back for all the wrong reasons. No one player is bigger than the club. But if yeah. he's as good as you say, Justin, they're uh, not going to sell him on, are they? They will be absolutely mad to sell him. I mean, yes, he obviously gets in the papers for all the wrong reasons, but, but then again, he does get in the papers for the right reasons as well. He is a fantastic football player. You know, £22.8 million. That may be a lot of money to some people. Well, it, is, <laughs> it is, yes. In, in yes. terms of football, that is a bargain. That is an absolute right. bargain, because if they were to sell him, I guarantee you right now, they'd probably get £40 million for him. He is a top, top player. But unfortunately, it's the other things. It's the diving. It's the racism. It's, it's the biting. All these things that, unfortunately, go against Come him. on, Justin, tell us how you really feel. <laughs> Those things go against him, but he is a fantastic player, and Liverpool wouldn't be the same side if he wasn't in it. He's that good. Nick uh, Hedges has posted a, a, what I believe is a football joke on Facebook. I'm going to read it Ooh, to you. lovely. Suarez bit the Chelsea player because he wanted a taste of the Champions League. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but it's got a chuckle from you, so that's uh, good, is yeah, it? Yeah, so Chelsea won the Champions League last year, but uh, of course uh, Chelsea gave up the cup last week because um, uh, they had to hand it back over and they got knocked out in the, the early stages this year. But that's quite a good joke. I like that one. Yeah, good stuff. <laughs> good stuff, Justin. Thank you very much uh, indeed. Um, Lu uh, Louise in Hemel has uh, texted in about Suarez 81333, starting a text 3CR. Why the debate? Anybody in any other job would be sacked, no matter how good at their job. Despicable. I'm a huge football fan, but will not watch any team with Suarez in again. And Phil says, I'm with Justin Suarez, is a cheat. Liverpool knew that when they signed him. Just look at what he got up to in the last World Cup. And I don't care how angry this comment makes people feel. It's all a little bit one-sided. Apart from Benjamin Field on Facebook, who's angry, it's all a little bit one-sided. Is there anybody out there on Suarez's side who can defend him? He thinks he's not a cheat, he's not a diver. Thinks the racist thing got a little bit... It was a little bit blown out of proportion. Can anybody... Call in and defend Luis Suarez. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Let's have a quick look at the front pages of some of these newspapers, shall we? The Guardian. Short sessions make MPs look lazy. Hodge, coalition urged to, to extend Parliament as it feels as if we're hardly working. MPs risk accusations of laziness and poor value for money. They risk accusations, or they're facing accusations. Because the number of hours they work in Westminster appear to be shrinking, according to the senior MP responsible for scrutinising public spending. Well, I think they face that criticism already, don't they? Uh, Marathon Mourns, London Runners, remember Boston? And here's a st little square on the front of The Guardian. And I'm surprised this story hasn't been bigger. The earthquake in China has killed over 200 people. Uh, yesterday there were about 6,000 missing, probably a lot more. And yet it's had hardly any coverage at all. I, I don't, not comparing the two at all, but the Boston bomb, three people dead, 170 injured. It's everywhere. China, 200 dead, a few thousand missing, injured. Gets hardly any coverage. I don't know. I don't know. 
just strikes me as a little bit odd. Uh, the Independent, uh, um, uh, another picture of the, uh, the start of the London Marathon. People with their heads bowed, start in silence, uh, London's message to Boston, and pay up or watch child poverty gets wor- get worse, top advisers tell Coalition. Uh, the Times, Cameron is told to drop snooping on web users. Cybercrime experts attack dangerous plan, sweeping plans to hand the security services the power to snoop on your emails, website visits, quick delete your uh, web browsing page... And social media sites and dangerous and must be abandoned, David Cameron has been warned. Cybersecurity experts have written to the Prime Minister saying that the proposals will be inexpensive will be expensive, will hinder innovation, and will undermine the privacy of citizens. You got anything to hide? I don't want people... Pr- Listen, my, my web browsing history is, um, is pretty darn clear. Now I've worked out how to delete it. But I don't want people snooping through my emails. I say private things in my emails. They're private. It's like having every letter. We don't send letters, do we? Every phone call. Oh, they monitor those already, don't they? It's private, though. A member of my team, Justin Dealey, if you've got nothing to hide, what's the problem? Well, that's not the point, though, is it? The point is, it's private. Yeah, it might save someone's life. Well, it probably won't. Uh, The Daily Telegraph... There's that pregnant lady. Um, and 8,000 NHS staff on £100,000 salaries. Wowzers. We'll have a look at that a little bit later on. But sign now to get the travel news. Here's Alan Cowie. Hearts and Bucks Travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, I can see on the uh, cameras that the M25 anti-clockwise is very slow from Junction 19 at uh, Watford, round to Junction 15 at the M4. And we've had reports of a breakdown within the queue as well between Junction 16, the M40, and 15, which is the M4. That's also slowing up the M40 going towards London from Beaconsfield and also the A40 heading out of London through Hillingdon towards the uh, the M25 looking uh, slow. The uh, M1 south Bound is heavy from the Toddington services towards Junction 9. That's the A5 at uh, Redbourne. And uh, Stevenage, the A1M uh, southbound is slow. That's Junctions uh, 8 and uh, 7. But we've got uh, no major issues on the trains. Alan Cowie, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alan, thank you very much indeed. 08459 455 555. We have two things on the go that, that, that potentially could be linked. They're not, I assure you. We celebrate the magic of biting. What have you bitten that you shouldn't have bitten? Or you regret biting. And also those adverts in the back of newspapers for prostitutes. Should should they be banned? We'll talk about this some more after the news with Catherine. Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning, it's 8 o'clock. The headlines, Commissioner calls for action on prostitution, Stevenage man stands trial for murder, and suspicions bombers wouldn't have stopped at Boston. BBC Three Counties Radio. The Police and Crime Commissioner for Hertfordshire is calling for the public to take a stand against newspapers carrying adverts for escort and massage services. David Lloyd suggested the move as part of his efforts to get civilians to take a more active role in law and order. But Paul Conyu from St Albans is a former deputy editor of the News of the World and Daily Mirror. He believes such a campaign could spend the spell the end for local papers. Many of them rely heavily on, you know, on a dwindling advertising market, and these are and these are one area of advertising that does still come in. And uh, whether they wouldn't like it or not, I don't particularly. But I think to I think to ban it could actually have repercussions, in fact, for the survival of some publications. 
A Stevenage man is set to stand trial for the murder of his girlfriend. The body of 19-year-old Amelia Arnold was found in Hatfield last November. 22-year-old Jack Wall has pleaded not guilty to murder. Police are appealing for witnesses to a fatal accident on the A413 at Gerrard's Cross on Saturday afternoon. An 89-year-old man from Amersham died at the scene of the two-car collision on Amersham Road at around 20 past five. His wife has life-threatening injuries. Their passenger, along with two men from the other car, is being treated for serious injuries. Poston's police commissioner, Ed Davis, has said he believes the two brothers who are thought to have carried out the marathon bombings were planning further attacks. Investigators want to interview the surviving suspect, Yokard Sanayev, but he's in a serious condition in hospital and can't speak. The Education Secretary, Michael Gove, will today announce plans for a new technical baccalaureate for 16- to 19-year-olds. Luke Walton has the details. The technical baccalaureate won't be a qualification in its own right, but it will be a measure of achievement, which will figure prominently in school league tables. To achieve one, students will have to pass a mathematics qualification above the level of a GCSE, a written research project and an approved vocational course. Ministers hope the tech back will have the same status as A-levels and answer criticism from universities and employers that some current vocational education is too narrow or of questionable quality. More than 500 leading businessmen and women have urged the government to devolve powers from Brussels to London. The group, which includes the chairman of Ocado and the chief executive of Next, says jobs and growth depend on a looser, more flexible relationship with the European Union. In sport, the Liverpool striker Luis Suarez faces disciplinary action from both his club and the FA after biting the Chelsea defender Branislav Ivanovic during yesterday's two-all draw at Anfield. The Uruguayan has apologised for his behaviour, but the Liverpool manager Brendan Rodgers called the incident unacceptable. The weather mainly dry with sunny spells and a top temperature of 15 degrees Celsius, that's 59 Fahrenheit. There's more news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio, first for news. So, have we narrowed it down to one thing that you've bitten that you shouldn't have bitten and how on earth did it get in your gob? Right, well, I mean, it was asking for it, really. A baby's teether? Have you ever chomped on one of those? Oh, they're very satisfying, especially if they've been in the fridge. Well, well, it hadn't been in the fridge. It was full of water and I only managed one bite before it burst. You burst a baby's teeth, huh? <laughs> well, that's tomorrow's phone. When have you made a baby cry? <laughs> I did that at the weekend by putting my TV in the garage for two days. That... He was asking for it, wasn't he? He was my... He, yes, he was. <laughs> Little... I can't say that on the radio, can I? Thank you, Catherine. Thank you. When have you made a baby cry? It's cruel, but maybe we'll do it tomorrow. I did, I pressed the nuclear button on Friday. The eldest was being a little so-and-so, would not get in his bed, would not, kept getting up and running downstairs. He's worked out how to do the stair gates, you see, it's it's pointless now. Anyway, I said, if you don't go up to your bed at the count of three, that TV is going to go into the garage. I counted, the TV went into the garage. I had a three-year-old running around in the street in just his pyjama tops. There were no bottoms or pants. Screaming. I had to pick him up and hold him as he was kicking me. Say, I hate you, Dad. I hate you on my TV. Wowzers. I pressed the nuclear button and it all kicked off. Morning, four minutes past eight. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots coming up, including... Should newspapers be banned from printing adverts for escorts and massage parlours? Well, the Police and Crime Commissioner for Hertfordshire, David Lloyd, thinks so. Do you agree? Or is it too much censorship? 
Liverpool striker Luis Suarez has apologised for biting Chelsea defender Branislav Ivanovic. An act of brutality is the independent's verdict, while the ter- Telegraph calls Suarez the cannibal of Anfield. Who or what have you bitten that you shouldn't have? Well, Stephen Shambert bit into a ladybird. Ugh, crunchy and sour, apparently. And if you've got a story that you think we should be talking about on this programme, I do want to hear from you. I'll give you the email address in a little bit. Dave Fulbrook did that. He told us about a footpath near to Sundon Park in Luton, which has been moved to the other side of the road. He was worried that it was dangerous. Well, the council came on this show on Friday and they promised to do something about it. We'll find out if they have in around an, a half an hour's time. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR or you can give me a call 08459 555555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Should newspapers be banned from printing adverts for escorts and massage parlours? The Police and Crime Commissioner for Hertfordshire thinks they should. Speaking to me on this programme last week, David Lloyd said the public needed to take a stronger role in policing society. And uh, by this he meant buying those papers which carried adverts that uh, they, people would be making a stand against this. Well, does he have a point? With us now is media commentator Steve Dyson. Morning, Steve. Good morning. Steve, should these adverts be banned? Well, whether they should be legally banned or not is a, is, is a legal question, a, a parliamentary question. I think um, the editors of the papers themselves um, should not be allowing uh, indecent comments, pictures and suggestions within their own columns. You wrote an article about immoral earnings. Tell us more about that. Well, the, the, the article's based on, on, on my background. I used to be the editor of the Birmingham Mail. Um, and when I first became editor, um, I spotted some of the adverts in the paper. And although I couldn't stop the adverts as such, because that was a commercial decision, what I could do was clean up um, some of the language and pictures that were used. So instead of having um, half-naked ladies and uh, quite um, brutal um, comments as, as to what services they provided, I made sure that they were clean adverts. But it got me looking into it more generally, and I found out that more than 80% of um, adverts in the massage sections of local newspapers, according to research, more than 80% are fronts for brothels. Um, not only that, but some charities believe that these brothels are not um, independent ladies running uh, businesses. They are... Um, men, groups, um, clubs running uh, groups of foreign ladies and sex trafficking them into this country and offering their services on the web. Um, That's uh, some research found out by um, various people, including the Poppy Project down in London, Eve's Housing, a charity that looks after women trafficked into the sex trade. And they they claim that these newspapers, local newspapers, by carrying these sex ads in their their personal ads, in their classified pages, are actually furthering um, brothels and the people who run brothels which is, of course, not always the women themselves. But you didn't take the adverts out, or or, or did you after discovering this? No, I didn't take the adverts themselves out. I cleaned the adverts up, and uh, you asked me what the article was about. The, the article was about uh, the wider, um, the wider subject. In terms mm. of what I did and what um, other newspapers, some have done, is is not allow adverts um, which are indecent in newspapers, which are supposed to be family newspapers. Um, I've picked one up this morning. There's um, there's a newspaper in this area, and the 
the word, the acronym MILF is used in one of its adverts, which we all know what means. And I claim, I say, that that's not a decent um, advert, acronym, description to have in what's supposed to be a family newspaper. But yet you didn't withdraw the advert, Steve. I'm curious as to why not. W- w- would your paper have, at the time, been able to afford to lose that revenue? I think that's what the uh, claim is, um, I guess, um, that papers... Um, are earning a lot of money from this kind of um, activity. Um, a company called NewsQuest, which is a publisher, they did stop publishing um, what are known as sex ads. And it was estimated that in just one county, in one county of England, um, NewsQuest in the Hampshire region lost a quarter of a million pounds um, in a year because they refused to have these sorts of adverts in there. And so the publishers, the owners of newspapers, are going to lose money if they stop publishing the adverts entirely. And that's a decision for them. What, what um, an, an editor can't stop what adverts go in. What an editor can do is make sure that the adverts do not go against um, the principles of his newspaper. So if it's a family newspaper, why would you allow an acronym like MILFIN? Why would you allow um, some of the other descriptions which are getting into newspapers in there? So there's two arguments really, and you're right, as an editor, I didn't... With draw the adverts, I clean them up. Um, some newspapers, though, some newspaper groups have decided, no, we won't publish any of these, any of these adverts at all. Escorting itself uh, it isn't illegal, and we've had some people this morning saying, well, hang on a second, it's, it's censorship to, to remove these ads or to, to possibly even, even change these ads. Why shouldn't people be allowed to advertise? Is there an argument for, for completely d- d- denying these adverts? I suppose there's all sorts of um, arguments, aren't there? But, I mean, one of the strongest ones that I've heard in my research of this area is that newspapers are more or less acting as pimps. By publishing these um, adverts, which are um, selling sex, they are acting as pimps for the women who are put... or for the businesses which are placing the women's adverts there. And, again, to do that uh, in in what's supposed to be a family newspaper where they uphold principles, where they're about education and health and and family subjects, I just think it's, it's, it's hypocritical of the papers to do that. Uh, thank you very much indeed, Steve Dyson, uh, media commentator. Well, what do you think? 08459 455 555. Is it appropriate for prostitutes to advertise in your local paper? Do you think... Well, come on, listen, it's a, they're providing a service, for goodness sakes. And interesting uh, that, that Steve didn't didn't quite give a, a clear answer, unless I missed it, didn't, didn't remove the adverts himself. He changed the language. And who'd have thought we'd have had the word MILF said, well, three times now on a breakfast show, and that will be the last time. I'm pretty sure of it. Um, and, and April's just emailed me saying, I don't know what that word means. Can you tell me? No. And it, it, it's spelt with an F, not a PH. Uh, but it, it, it is changing the language... Is that more acceptable? I think David Lloyd's point was that the, 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 the morality of society is fraying at the edges and that all of we can all do a little bit by not encouraging or allowing these adverts to take place. Well, what do you think? 08459 455 555. Nick has texted in 81333. Starting his text 3CR, I'm a man on my own. I don't have a partner. Because of the long hours I work, I simply don't meet ladies via normal routes, i.e. in a pub, a night out. I don't think anyone's ever picked up anyone in a pub, have they? Have they? Uh, So I have used an escort. It's not only men that book an escort. Some women book a male escort. We don't necessarily want a husband or a wife, but just now and then, we all need the occasional bit of company. And I'm not uh, in any way... Uh, uh, Nick, uh, d- making a judgment here on people who use escorts or, or, or necessarily escorting itself at the moment. I think that's 
a discussion for another day. I think the point here is, is it acceptable to have these adverts uh, in the back of newspapers? And the local paper, <clears throat> it is... Well, it's a family paper, isn't it? I don't know whether young people read them or not anymore, but it is uh, local news. It's telling you about naughty councillors. It's telling you about sporting triumphs. It's telling you about what's happened at the local primary school. And then you flick a few pages past the houses in the car adverts and you've got, you got bubbles advertising all services. You know, you've got... I nearly said something very, very rude there. I managed to sense myself just in time. Thank goodness for that. Otherwise, that would have been a short-lived career at BBC Three Counties Radio. Is it appropriate to have those adverts in the back of the newspapers? 08459 455555. Let's have a look at the front of some of the national newspapers. Oh, by the way, I believe JVS will be talking about this, um, asking after nine. Do you think it's okay for prostitutes to advertise in your local paper? 08459 455 555. Uh, The front page, well, we've got some of the Telegraph. Uh, Injured bomber may never talk again. Oligarch puzzled by Euro. The Russian billionaire, Oleg Deripaska, predicts the Eurozone will break up. Boring. Boring story that I shouldn't have even looked into in any detail tell whatsoever boring the daily express uh, there's a 40 year old cub um leering at the pregnant princess uh, oh it's bear grills that's who he is right, i didn't realize bear grills dressed as a scout i genuinely didn't realize i've never this is the first time i've ever seen a picture of bear grills you talk about putting things in your mouth that you shouldn't do bear grills does that all the time doesn't he isn't he the gentleman that eats um like a frog's poo or something and um then drinks his own wee wee and then goes and stays in a luxury hotel overnight i think that's the gentleman <clears throat> the daily express also say summer holiday prices to plunge here we go Here we go for the man who's not yet booked a holiday and hopefully tomorrow afternoon we'll know when he can take some time off. Holidaymakers travelling to Europe this summer can expect their money to go further thanks to plunging resort prices. Despite sterling taking a pounding against the euro this year, the cost of spending abroad has fallen dramatically at many destinations, according to the post office. The Daily Telegraph. Dawn French has married a man. And a generation of unruly toddlers, school minister, nursery children aren't taught manners. Nurseries are breeding a generation of toddlers with no manners, the education minister has warned. Elizabeth Truss condemned chaotic preschools that allow children to do what they want all day long. Yeah, we we went to look at a nursery recently for our uh, eldest... And they were all running all over the place. There were three separate rooms in the outside. And we said, right, so w- when do they go into each class? Oh, they're allowed to move uh, between each class whenever they want. Sorry. And do you make them sit down and eat? Well, they can do if they want. Excuse me. And at what point do you sit them down? These are three four-year-olds. At what point do you sit them down and teach them reading or writing? Well, it's not really what we do here. What? Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. 8.15, let's get the travel news now. Alan Cowie. Beds, hearts and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, the uh, western section of the M25 is uh, crawling uh, anti-clockwise from Junction 21, which is the M1, around to Junction 16 at the M40. Now, there was a breakdown within the queue shortly before Junction 15, which has been uh, moved now. Uh, it was already looking quite slow uh, anyway. It's also making the M40 heavy uh, from Junction uh, 2, Beaconsfield, towards the M25, and also the A40 heading out of London from Hillingdon towards the M25, looking uh, very slow as well. Green Lane in Northwood is closed around Rickmansworth Road, and that's been 
because of an accident. M1 southbound has uh, delays from Junction 11. That's Dunstable towards uh, Junction 9, Redbourne. That's going to take you about 15 to 20 minutes or so. And uh, just check to the trains. We've got a good service on all lines. Alan Cowie, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thanks, Alan. It's 8.16, it's Monday the 22nd of April, I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines this morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. The Police and Crime Commissioner for Hertfordshire is calling for the public to take a stand against newspapers carrying adverts for escort and massage services. A Stevenage man is set to stand trial for the murder of his 19-year-old girlfriend, Amelia Arnold, later today. In sport, at the World Snooker Championship, former champion Sean Murphy is through to the second round following a 10-5 win over Martin Gould. Sean Murphy, I wonder if he's an Irish gentleman. The weather today for beds, hearts and bucks, mainly dry and cloudy with bright or sunny spells this morning. Later, the cloud may thicken to produce a few, few drops of light rain. Maximum temperature, 15 degrees. Coming up, we'll be talking to the Royal College of Nursing about whether there should be minimum staff levels in hospitals to ensure patient safety. 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Nick Coffer on BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday between 12 and 3, I'm here with a little bit of celebrity. I've always loved being a comedian because it's my job, so I'm going to keep doing that. I was voted Japan's number one male vocalist of the year, and I beat out Frank Sinatra. How's that? <laughs> Expert advice. It does sound like it's a mechanical pain brought on by altered mechanics in your upper limb. Your capital's protected because I'm guessing what you don't want to do is take any risks with the capital itself. And loads of really great music. Nick Coffer, weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, why don't you <laughs> listen to it if you like it, especially if you've got a Reggie Diary. Oh, hey, yes. yes. That'd be nice. Yeah. Jonathan Vernon Smith is in. Good morning. Looking a little bit, it's got to be said, sexy. Oh. Yeah, look, it's got to be said, sexy. Sexy geography teacher. Sexy. Why'd you have to be so, so sexy? sexy? Everything about you is sexy. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, listen, composers out there, I know we have a gentleman who listens to the show who composed a song for the um, Eurovision Song Contest. Didn't get in. Um, <laughs> but, but if he's listening... <laughs> It was good, that song, wasn't it? The, do, you, do you remember that fella? I do. It was good, so we should get him on. We should, and it'll be the Eurovision Song Contest soon. Well, it, it will be. We'll, we'll get him on as our Eurovision correspondent. And maybe he'll write you and JVS the song. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> we, need, we need a musical written for us. A we musical? Could, uh, we imagine you and me... Well, like that, Blood Brothers. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Imagine, imagine that, if we do it at that... Um, what's that place called in St Albans, that theatre? The Alban Arena. The Alban Arena. Mm. Yeah. J- JVS and Ian Lee, you can even have your name first. You're doing a little bit better really? than me at the moment. Yeah, it, it makes sense. It makes commercial sense. And it's you and I, and it's a musical, and it's starring us, and we could be brothers in it. And you're the bad brother, and I'm the handsome good brother, and oh, oh. we fight over um, a girl or a dog. I don't care. We fight over something. But we fight in song, because you're doing something wrong. <laughs> good, wasn't it? I love it. Can I'm, you, I'm up for that. You're only here for another few weeks, though. Yeah, I'll try and sort it out for Could you pass that producer on, that, that message on to the new producer? Yeah, okay. Please, who's, uh, I'm really looking forward to working with. Really <laughs> looking forward to that. It's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. Just, I've got less than four weeks. I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> we know. We've noticed that in your attitude towards work. Now, go and make me a cup of tea. Oh. <clears throat> Are you still got a cob on? 
my belly. Oh, I faded her. <laughs> I faded her. I'm really sorry. She's going to literally don't care. Really? I don't care. She doesn't care. No one cares. Uh, Can't wait for the new producer. To really? Come in. It's going to be exciting. Do, do we know who this is going to be yet? <laughs> we might do. <laughs> yeah. Exciting. Now, Jonathan Vernon Smith. Oh. It's not all about me. It's about you now. True. What's coming up on your show? From nine. Mm. Well, we're going to uh, be continuing this discussion you've been having this morning. I'm asking from nine. Do you think it's okay for escorts to advertise in your local paper? As you've been discussing today, the Police and Crime Commissioner for Hertfordshire is encouraging people not to buy papers which advertise escort and massage services. David Lloyd said the public needs to take a stronger role in policing society. But do these types of adverts really bother you? Are they really creating a problem for society? Or do you think it's about time that we just accept it? And let's not let's not tiptoe around this. Many of these so-called escorts and massage services, they're prostitutes. That's what they are. They're prostitutes. Isn't it the oldest profession in the world? And does it really bother us if we see in our local paper, if we see in our local paper... Ad- <laughs> Oh, will you stop it? What's wrong? Have you seen your local paper adverts for sex workers from nine this morning? I want your view. Oh uh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. Well, you saw my view. Just I didn't then. know you could get your head above. <laughs> you want leg above your head? Have you ever put anything in your mouth that you shouldn't have done? I beg your pardon. <laughs> We've been talking. We're, we're celebrating the magic of biting after uh, Suarez bit another player, another gentleman, on the football. So we're asking, what have, what have you put in your mouth, or what have you bitten on that perhaps you shouldn't have done? I don't know if there's anything that you've. <laughs> I'll be here at nine. I... Across beds, hearts, and bucks, this is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Always worth a listen. JVS at nine o'clock. You can email him if you want. JVS show at bbc.co.uk. Um, if you want to get in touch with them for the show, just put your phone number, a couple of lines about what you want to talk about, um, and they'll get back in touch with you. That's also a good address to write to if you've got a consumer problem. I do think the consumer hour uh, from 11 is one of the best bits of radio. And I'm so lucky because I can listen to it when I'm driving home. I can finish about 11, get in the car. I, can, I drive slowly and listen to the whole hour. Wonderful stuff. Always worth a listen. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. The reason we're asking, what have you bitten on that you perhaps shouldn't have had? What have you had in your mouth that didn't really belong there? Suarez, this naughty, naughty footballer, has bitten another football player over the weekend. It's it's a ridiculous picture. What what an idiot! What an idiot! Well, what have you bitten on that, that perhaps you shouldn't have bitten on? 08459 455 555. Very few people have been able to defend Suarez. Apart from Benjamin Field on Facebook, who says, Firstly, Suarez is a genius, and I'm angry with Justin's comments, calling him a diver, making him apologise. Thank you. No one else seems to agree. Um, Phil says, what will he do next? Deliberately handball on the line to stop a clear goal? Oh, he's done that already. And John says, if he's that good, then Liverpool should enrol him into some psychiatric counselling to look into his personality issues, because there is certainly something not right. Well, what have you bitten on that you shouldn't have done? 08459 455 555. And if anybody can phone up and defend Suarez, I'd love to hear from you. Hardly anyone seems to have a good word to say about the gentleman. 
On a completely different note now, the Royal College of Nursing said the number of staff on NHS hospital wards is regularly falling to unsafe levels. It's calling for legally enforced rules on the nurse-to-patient ratio at its annual conference, which begins in Liverpool today. Howard Catton is the Head of Policy from the Royal College of Nursing and joins me now. Morning, Howard. Good morning. Howard, how serious is this problem? Look, this is a significant problem. One in ten nurses are telling us that they feel that staffing levels are inadequate. Um, as of concern, ward sisters, those people who are in, who have responsibility for making decisions about staffing levels, nearly half of them are saying that there have been occasions where they ask for more staff because in their professional judgment that's needed to look after patients and to meet their demands and those, those requests are not authorised or are turned down for financial reasons. We also know that there are posts which are being frozen and not recruited to and posts being cut and when we when we stretch our nursing staff so thinly and too thinly there are real risks to patients um, the risks of patients developing pressure ulcers uh, trip, having trips and falls uh, a medication error those risks we know go up when we don't get the right numbers of staff to patients you said that staffing levels are falling to unsafe levels every day in some cases. Is this uh, across the board or is it a, a certain health trusts worse than others? Um, there, there is variability. Um, there, there's not only variability between different hospitals, but you can find even within one organisation there are areas which are well-staffed and others which, which, which aren't. And that's why we think that in terms of setting this sort of guarantee of safety for patients about a minimum a minimum level um, that, that that would be a good that would be a good thing so you know of course hospitals need discretion to respond to local needs and 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 demands but if you go into a, an acute medical or surgical ward to know as a patient that your nurse is not going to have more than eight patients to look after per shift would offer reassurance to you. Uh, indeed, when I take my daughter to the nursery, I know the number of care mm. workers who are looking after uh, who are looking after uh, after children. So I don't see it as this rigid, inflexible um, mechanism as some would criticise it for. I actually see it as a reassurance to patients about a basic uh, fundamental level of, of safety, but of course people can go above and beyond that as well. So what exactly are you proposing, Howard? Is eight the optimum the number of patients per nurse look it it varies from place it varies from um, specialism to specialism in intensive care you'd want uh, a one to one uh, if you were looking after uh, children then it would uh, it would you know it it may be one to three or it may be one to to four but for uh, acute medicine and, and, and surgery, uh, as I said, we know, we know the point at which the number of nurses per patient where risks to patients uh, significantly go up. And, and this has been done in other countries, in Australia, in New South Wales and Victoria and over in California. Um, they have uh, ma mandated uh, levels. Uh, their levels are around uh, one nurse to five, uh, to five patients. Um, and that's been hard fought for, but it's been very positively received, not just by patients, but also by nurses who say, look, the, 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 the workload, the stress, some of the burnout that used to come with work, there are some of us who were getting to the point where we were thinking about leaving, but because we know that there are these safe levels, um, you know, we're happy to carry on working as nurses. Um, huge, huge cuts being made, of course, everywhere across the board, but especially in the NHS. Where do you think they should get the money from? Um, 
I think if you not the front line, um, but in terms of the places where you can, you, where you can look, I think there are big issues uh, with 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 waste. We've we've highlighted um, just in the last uh, yesterday the amount of paperwork that people are doing, which is unnecessary and duplicative. We know that there is waste in terms of the medicines budget as as well. We know that we're paying for some of the goods and services that the NHS buys and the way that it builds new hospitals through PFI that those uh, uh, don't represent value for money. I have to say some of the some of the reorganizations and changes the health service is going through uh, we're concerned that that's you know has the potential to take people's eye off the ball in terms of the core fundamental job of looking after patients. Howard thanks very much uh, for your time. Howard Catton head of policy for the Royal College of Nursing. 08459 555555 if you want to get in touch. The last 30 minutes the two main things we're talking about those adverts for prostitutes in the back of newspapers. Are you happy to have them there? Do you agree with David Lloyd that maybe you should boycott those papers that carry those adverts? And also, what have you had in your mouth that didn't belong there? 08459 555555 Right, let's get the travel now. Here's Alan Cowie. Beds, hearts and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, nothing uh, significant to report on the uh, main routes. Uh, plenty of traffic around, though, including the anti-clockwise uh, M25. Uh, slow from Junction 21, which is the M1, round to Junction 16, the M40. Not helped by a breakdown earlier on, which has been moved. And uh, just a bit slow towards the M25 on the M40 from uh, Junction 2, which is at uh, Beaconsfield. Uh, M1, London-bound. It's uh, heavy from Junction 11, Dunstable, towards 9 at uh, Redbourne. That's going to take you about 20, 25 minutes or so. Green Lane at Northwood, that's uh, closed at Rickmansworth Road, and that's because of an accident. A couple of bus routes are on uh, diversion. Uh, but just check the trains. We've got a good service on all lines. Alan Cowie, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Alan. Let's get the latest news and sport now. Here's Catherine Boyle. Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning, it's 8.30. The headlines, the police and crime commissioner for Hertfordshire is calling for the public to take a stand against newspapers carrying adverts for escort and massage services. The trial will begin today of a Stevenage man accused of murdering his girlfriend, Amelia Arnold. Her body was found in Hatfield last November. And police repealing for witnesses to a fatal accident on the A413 at Gerrard's Cross on Saturday afternoon. Beds, Hearts and Bucks Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. The Liverpool striker Luis Suarez faces disciplinary action from both his club and the FA after biting the Chelsea defender Branislav Ivanovic at Anfield during the 2 all draw yesterday. The Uruguayan has apologised for his behaviour, but Liverpool manager Brendan Rodgers called it unacceptable. And the former Reds defender Mark Lawrenson says the club must make a tough stance in dealing with Suarez. They have to seriously be seen to punish him and punish him in, you know, in an extreme manner because... You cannot keep going on doing these particular incidents, but also you know, every time if you're Louis Suarez and something happens, it's besmirching the name, the very good name of the club. A spectacular comeback by Tottenham saw them beat Manchester City 3-1 at White Hart Lane and boost their chances of a top-four finish. That result means Manchester United will secure a record 20th league title if they beat Aston Villa at Old Trafford tonight. In the Championship, Watford boss Gianfranco Zola says he hasn't given up hopes of automatic promotion. The Hornets beat Blackburn 4-0 on Saturday. They're four points from Hull in second with two games remaining and Zola says he's positive ahead of their match against Leicester on Friday. No, no, we're going to go there. We want to win and uh, we're going to go there and uh... Uh, and uh, try our best to see what it comes. Uh, the, tough game, I know, but uh, we are a team that can do crazy things. Mm. 
MK Dons are staying in League One after losing 1-0 to Scunthorpe at the weekend, ruling out a place in the playoffs. Here's their manager, Carl Robinson. Well, I think that we've got to have a good look at where we want to go. Um, maybe this is a reality set for everybody, for where we are. Not a reality set for me. It's something that, that we've known that we've got to work on and it's something that we'll look to improve over, over forthcoming years. And that's your latest news and sport. More from me at nine o'clock. We're a team, aren't we? Oh, I hope so. Do you want to do some crazy things later? <laughs> um, can I see an outline before I agree? You know, how crazy are we talking? Oh, an outline of the craziness. <laughs> yeah. I'll come up with some ideas. I mean, I know you and there's my crazy and your crazy. I'm well crazy. <laughs> Across beds, hearts and bucks, this oh, is BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Morning, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. We're talking, well, a little recap, uh, recap, <laughs> recap, excuse me. There we go, probably some of that as well. A little recap on, uh, thank you, on uh, a story that we uh, picked up on last week. We're also talking about what have you had in your mouth that you shouldn't have had in your mouth. It's all thanks to Suarez. And you can also give us a call uh, if you want to talk to us about those adverts in the back of the newspapers that advertise prostitutes. Don't, don't laugh at me, Catherine Boyle, because I let slip a little potty word by accident. You do it nearly all the time. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give me a call. Now, on Wednesday, it's the 25th anniversary of Luton Town winning the League Cup, arguably the biggest day in the club's history. To celebrate, Nick Coffer will be live from the town hall steps in Luton, hearing from players including the uh, from the final, including Andy Dibble and Brian Steen. Nick Coffer celebrating Luton's League Cup success Wednesday day from midday now here's a little recap if you've got a news story that you think we should be talking about i do want to hear from you you can email me directly ian.lee i-a-i-n dot l-double-e at bbc.co.uk or give us a ring well that's exactly what dave fulbrook from luton did last week he was worried about a footpath near to sundon park which has been moved to the other side of the road leaving pedestrians vulnerable when walking towards the park and under the bridge so we sent our reporter justin dealey to meet him over the last three weekends they've closed the road and bridges at sundon park road and they've changed the path in to the other side of the road and you've got children coming along this bridge without no traffic lights now in Toddington Road and they've got across this main road which is very very busy to get to the school at Leland's. When I've seen it myself this morning so essentially what you're saying is before it was on the other side the children would use the lights then use the footpath and it was perfectly safe now they're having to cross a busy road to get onto that footpath. Yes yeah that's correct some part of it they haven't even got a place to go stand in the middle of the road so they've got to stand in the middle of the road with no protection to get to the other side. And as we've been looking this morning, we see a boy on a bike. He had a very difficult time and he almost hit a lorry. Well, Justin spoke to Dave Taylor from Luton Borough Council to find out if anything could be done. There are light-controlled pedestrian crossings that will be going in to make it a much safer route than it was previously. Okay, how quickly is that going to happen? As soon as practically possible. What weeks, we will months? Do, if they do not come weeks today, or months? No, no, we will put in temporary pedestrian crossings tomorrow. Tomorrow. Well, that was on Thursday, so the work should have been done by now. Justin Dealey is back at the footbridge this morning. Let's find out what happened. Justin. Ian, the work has sort of been done. Um, This work was meant to be happening on Thursday. Um, Since I was here last time, two sets of temporary traffic lights have been installed. Um, Dave is back with us live now. Dave, welcome back to the programme. Um, Tell us what's happened since we last spoke on Thursday afternoon. Well, they've put the traffic lights up in Tonington Road and in Sunderpark Road. 
the Toddington Road one lights are working. On Friday dinner time, the Sundon Park run stopped. Now I believe in they just pushed a button, but it didn't. It, it's absolutely dead. Now I tried to ring the council up Friday afternoon, but waiting on the phone for about quarter of an hour to try and get through, it was just impossible. So you're clearly not happy again then. Not, not regarding the sun, uh, the traffic lights in Toddington Road, because you get all these children coming out of the schools and like this morning we're seeing, they're trying to get across the road, no one's stopping, uh, apart from a few people, and it's a, it's a complete danger with those lights not working. And also, under the bridge, they need to have a barriers to stop these kids falling into the road or anyone because of the heavy vehicles that use the bridge. OK, in saying that, though, the traffic lights are here, so, so surely that's a start. All the council that, have got to do is come back and turn them back on again. That's right. Now, I, well, I tried to get in Friday, as I say, but I just couldn't get through. But if they work in um, Friday, they came out and worked them, it'd be no, perfectly OK. We wouldn't have been here today because you can see the kids walking across the road. But with those lights up in Sundon Park, um, Toddington Road not working, is it? Well, it's catastrophic. I mean, in saying that, though, Councillor Dave Taylor came here, he met you face-to-face, -face. he's tried to make a difference. You must have some respect for him, surely. Oh, yeah, I said, I said to him Thursday, um, it's a great improvement now these lights are here. Just and turn them on. Just turn them on. <laughs> but, well, they were on, but they suddenly the one in Tonnington Road's just gone completely off. So you're telling us right now, final question for you, you're telling us right now, as soon as these lights are turned back on, and you've tried to phone the council, you're on hold for, what, 15 minutes or so, as soon as they are turned back on, you are going to be 100% happy. Is that what you're saying? That's, that's correct, Justin. Okay. Yeah. And, and when they get, also get the main, the main traffic lights put up, then you, there wouldn't be no more problems. OK, Dave, thank you very much. That's uh, Dave Fulbrook. So, certainly some improvement, Ian. Um, since we last spoke on Thursday, the council have been here. We were talking about weeks or months. Um, he said yesterday, that was Friday, the lights actually went up on Thursday, but, of course, uh, a problem with them, which then developed. So, Well, D Dave Taylor, he, he said he put the lights in. He didn't say he'd have yep. them working, did he? <laughs> he, he didn't say <laughs> but, that. But, but the lights were working, but, but now, sadly, they're not. So I think Dave's message this morning here would be thank you very much indeed for putting them in clearly you're trying to make a difference clearly you are listening to people but there's been a few teething problems all dave wants is for luton borough council to get themselves back down here and turn them back on again and then everything will be absolutely fine well we are trying to get hold of dave taylor from luton borough council we've not been able to i'm i um, i'm gonna i'm sure it's just a small little error, and I'm sure this will be sorted out. One final thing, Justin. I know that uh, the gentleman you're with, Mr Fulbrook, was very, very excited yeah. to meet you <laughs> last week. Uh, has that excitement waned, or is he still, has he still got Dealey fever? I mean, we should ask him. Have you still got Dealey fever? I mean, obviously you wanted to, to solve the problem here, but you seem more excited about meeting me. Um, has the excitement calmed down a few days on, Dave? Well, I've met you before. Yeah, yeah, and Roberto, you know what I mean. But oh, you're, sorry the, about you're, that. you're the best bloke, Justin. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah. I've never met um, Ian. I've talked to him. You don't want to. No, no, yeah, no, no. Yeah. Thank you. There you go, Ian. Hey, so we're still happy. Yeah. Sorry, just oh, go away. Go away. I'm trying to big him up, and he's being rude about me. For goodness sakes. Uh, Sam's in Lucian. Sam, you know this uh, this area, don't you? Yes, I do indeed. Yes. And what do you, what do you think about the changes that have been made there? Well, I mean, quite number one. The, the traffic lights, I can't see the connection between the traffic lights and the actual footpath. I can't make that connection. Maybe it's just my, I'm not too bright. I think that. it's to, it's to um, stop traffic, to allow people to cross safely. 
Ah, well, there's no pedestrian crossing there or anything either, is there? So, I mean, that sort of rules that out. You've got to assume that the lights are there to let you cross the road. A lot of motors will not see it like that. I wouldn't see it like that. Oh, there's lights here. People are going to cross here, so I'd better wait. How would you work? If the lights were red, you would wait, wouldn't you? Oh, obviously I would, yes. But, I mean, I don't think that's got anything to do with the crossing. I mean, I think all they want to go way back a bit from the roundabout, but a pedestrian crossing in, by all means, say 100 metres back. But, I mean, it's the footpath is a disaster they've done. You, you, you think that the change they made to the bridge prior to these lights going up is, is, has made things worse there? Well, I can't see. I would like somebody... I mean, I've been civil engineering all my life and involved with planning to a degree as well. I can't see the, the, what, what benefit was actually, apart from making it worse, removing it from the opposite side of the road to that side. Now, you're coming from Toddington direction in there and you make a left turn. Oh, all of a sudden there's a big curb that you don't see to the last minute jutting out and you normally would drive into so it throws your vehicle over to the oncoming traffic lane that's in a small vehicle anything large you mean it's just it's an absolute disaster i mean if they were going to do something there they should have went under the railway line and, and made a nice walkway under the track itself sam can i go off on a slight tangent yes have you ever had anything in your mouth that didn't belong there have i ever had yes yeah, yeah, yes, I suppose on occasions, yes. Well, well I, the reason I'm asking is we're celebrating the magic of biting this morning after that naughty footballer Suarez <laughs> bit another gentleman. What, what have you? I bit my cat's paw when I was very young, and I can still, I can still f- feel the sensation of the fur on the roof of my mouth and the pads of the paw on my tongue. What have you bitten on, Sam? That perhaps you shouldn't I have done or you regret. It wasn't that terrible, actually. One of the pets at home they got on these little chocolate treats, yeah. and I thought they were buttons, you know. Ooh, yeah. buttons, I loved them. And I had half of the packet gone to my dear wife, said, what are you eating? Those belong to the, what do you call that thing? The, A dog? No, the... What? Yeah, the guinea pig. I think they were treats for a guinea pig. <laughs> That's what they were. And I had most of them gone, and I would have finished them off, what my wife said. <laughs> but I mean, actually, they were quite delicious. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect you to say guinea pig there. Uh, and they they tasted all right, did they, Sam? They were lovely, actually. I mean, I well, you, don't waste, you don't want to waste those on a guinea pig, for goodness sakes. Well, I mean, I mean, it's like dog food. I mean, I know a, a guy, his wife fed it to him regular tins of uh, dog food, and, I mean, she made him stew with it, and he didn't know. I mean, they obviously divorced at the end of the day, but, I mean... Well, hang on, sorry, hang speaking. on. Sorry, I missed something there. Who made a stew with dog food? Well, this guy's wife, I, I know the guy well, they're divorced now. I mean, I she, kept, she didn't give it to him once, she gave it to him regularly because it was a cheap option. And did he know that there was dog food in no, the stew? No, he didn't. And he, he sat there going, oh, this stew, are you going to make any more of your stew, Ma? This stuff's lovely. Well, I mean, I don't know I actually said that to her or not. But, uh, oh, dear. Well, listen, but, I think chocolate's for a guinea pig. You, you got off lightly compared to your mate. Well, I did, yes. Sam, thank you very much indeed. Well, there we go. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five, eight. What's that thing called? Oh, yeah, guinea pig. What have you had in your mouth that, d- that didn't belong there? What have you bitten on that perhaps you shouldn't? We're celebrating the magic of biting as we salute Suarez. Um, n- no one's called in, by the way, to say a good word about this football player. No one. We, what have we got? 15 minutes or so of the show before JVS at nine. If you can call in and in defence of Suarez... 
you'll jump straight to the front of the queue. I promise. Straight to the front of the queue. I don't want this to be a one-sided, oh, isn't he an idiot? But it's looking like, isn't he an idiot? 08459 455 555. And also for the last 15 minutes, on the back of uh, the Police and Crime Commissioner for Hertfordshire, David Lloyd, who says that you should boycott your local paper if it contains adverts for prostitutes and massage parlours at the back. What do you think? Do you agree with him? Do you have a problem with these things advertising in the back of papers? Does it tear the, the fabric of society? What do you think? Oh, for goodness sakes, get over it. Did they provide a service? There's no problem. Some of those adverts are a little bit fruity, a little bit erotic. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can text 81333. Start your text 3CR. Or you can give me a call 08459 455 555. It's approaching a quarter to nine. Let's get the travel news now with Alan Cowie. Hearts and Bucks Travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, plenty of traffic around, but uh, no incidents or accidents being reported. The uh, M1 southbound has delays from Junction 10, Luton, towards uh, 9 at uh, Redbourne, but uh, just short delays now. A1 southbound from Eaton Socon towards the Black Cat roundabout at Roxton is queuing. As for the uh, A1M, it's heavy going southbound at Stevenage. That's junctions 8 to 7. Uh, the A41 through Aylesbury is heavy from the Woodlands roundabout towards the uh, roundabout at the SO garage. And the M25, well, anti-clockwise uh, delays from Junction 21, which is the the M1 round to 16, the M40 not helped by a breakdown earlier, just prior to Junction 15. Uh, because of that, it's slowing up the traffic on the A40 as well, uh, heading out of London from uh, Hillingdon towards the M25. Green Lane in uh, Northwood has reopened. There was an accident uh, earlier. Alan Cowie, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alan. Right, it's coming up to 8.46. It's Monday the 22nd of April. I'm Ian Lee and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The Police and Crime Commissioner for Hertfordshire is calling for the public to take a stand against newspapers carrying adverts for escort and massage par- uh, services. The trial will begin today of a Stevenage man accused of murdering his girlfriend, Amelia Arnold. Her body was found in Hatfield last November. In sport... At the World Snooker Championship, former champion Sean Murphy is through to the second round following a 10-5 win over Martin Gould. Coming up, we'll be talking to former Watford and Liverpool winger John Barnes about Suarez beating Ivanovic, Ivanovic excuse me, during this weekend's match. 08459 555555. But before that, let's get the latest weather with Kate Kinsella. Beds, Hearts and Bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Well, it's not a bad start to the new working week following a rather lovely weekend with sunshine. It continues for a time anyway. Temperatures outside at the moment ranging between 6 and 8 Celsius across the three counties. There's a fair amount of cloud around this morning, but we have seen some sunshine, some hazy sunshine and more in the way of breaks in the cloud as well. And that's really the story as we head through the afternoon. Now, later on today, the cloud could actually be thick enough to produce one or two spots of light rain, but it'll barely be noticed. And if you do notice it, it's not going to last for too long either. It's going to feel pleasantly warm out there, especially if the uh, the cloud does break and the sun gets through. We're looking at a maximum of 15 Celsius, 59 degrees in Fahrenheit, which is very close to the seasonal average, you'll all be pleased to know. Now, overnight tonight, we are hanging on to that cloud again, thick enough to produce one or two spots of rain, but eventually it will dry out. And it's a mild night as well. The temperature only dipping down to 8 Celsius is the minimum, 46 degrees in Fahrenheit. In some instances, 
instances it may actually just stay a little bit warmer than that as well. So a cloudy start to Tuesday but some bright and sunny spells developing and it's really going to feel pleasant tomorrow if that sun does break through. We're looking at a maximum temperature in the light wind of 17 Celsius. That's 63 degrees in Fahrenheit and that's your forecast. Thank you Kate. Weeknights from seven, Mark Forrest. Good evening, Joe. Good evening. Let's talk to Lynn. What's your story? Is there life after the armed forces? They've got fantastic skill set. City Street is great. Fruit, veg, fruit. You're telling me the best thing about your local market. It's inexpensive, but quality products that's grown locally. How has adoption affected your family? He always says to me, she is my birth mother, but you're my mum. Mark Forrest, weeknights from seven on BBC Three Counties Radio. The Liverpool striker Luis Suarez has apologised for biting the Chelsea defender Branislav Ivanovic during the Premier League game at Anfield yesterday. The incident happened in the second half of Liverpool's 2-2 draw against Chelsea. Suarez said he's let everyone down at his club. Well, our reporter Justin Dealey has been finding out what you think of the gentleman. Up first is Roberts. Roberts, Luis Suarez... Yes, he called himself a footballer, professional outlet, and he's disgusting the way he performs, or the way he did perform that night. Uh, that's no way a sportsman to behave. I mean, there's a limit, and there are guidelines. I'm a sports person all my life, and that's unacceptable. OK, Michelle, Luis Suarez. OK, what I would say is that it was unexpected, unprecedented, and not professional. Disgraceful uh, and animal. Alan. Suarez, what's the next words out of your mouth? Disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. I can't believe that anybody would sort of... I mean, it was... He sort of got hold of the chap's arm and sort of looked at it and sort sort of... It was almost as though he thought... God, that looks good. I'm going to have some of that. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, it, it really was. It, I, I, I couldn't believe my eyes. I really couldn't. Come on, Alan. Are you telling me you've never bitten anybody in your life? Yes. Yeah, I, I mean, I played football. I've given a love bite. Hang on a second. But not to another fella. <laughs> so it's disgusting you should be banned? <laughs> yes. Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah, oh, I think so. I, he should have been bad last time when he was all this diving, but um, no, this is, that's the final straw as far as I was concerned. I'd suggest banned love bites are horrible things. I remember I had one when I was a teenager, but I got such a rollicking from my mother. Anyway, we're going slightly off on a tangent. Former Liverpool winger John Barnes also played for Watford and England, and he joins me now. Morning, John. Morning, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm fine, thank you. What do you make of what Suarez did at the weekend? Well, of course, it's completely unacceptable. And, of course, his, frustra- his frustrations were borne out. And we know he has uh, anger issues and frustration issues when things aren't going his way. He'd given a penalty away. So he was frust- frustrating, but he can't, you can't take frustrations out in that manner. And he will be dealt with. And all that should happen is that he should suffer the consequences of his actions, which means he will get a ban, which he did it before in, in, in Holland, where he got a ban, and he'll get a ban here. How, how long a ban should he get, do you think? Well, if you look at the precedent, I don't... I don't know how long played what deserves a longer ban. If you break somebody's leg and put them out of a, and their career is over, do you deserve a longer ban than Luis Suarez biting someone? So, you know, we can all look from the moral point of view and say, I'd much rather be bitten on the arm like he was than, be bro- than my leg be broken like tackles we've seen. So from a moral perspective, it's difficult to say what kind of a ban he should be given. Of course, in this country, we look at certain incidents and we deem them worse than others, spitting and biting rather than a, a leg-breaking tackle, which for me doesn't make sense. I'd rather be spat on. 
and my leg broken. However, if you look at what happened to him in Holland where he got a seven-game ban, I'm sure it'll be about, around that. Well, I, I think it's going to be around that margin. What, what would happen after the game, uh, John? What, what would the manager say to him? Would he take him to one side and have a quiet word or would he shout at him in front of all the other players? How does it work? Well, all managers are different. So there's no, there's no trial-tested way. I mean, I'm sure Sir Alex Ferguson, being Sir Alex Ferguson, would react in a different way to Roberto Martinez. There's no right or wrong way. But what will be done is that the manager will lay, let him know in non-certain terms that that is unacceptable. And Liverpool have done the right thing. They've come out and they've condemned him and they say that, you know, he's not befitting of a Liverpool player and action will be taken. Now, obviously, this is less than 24 hours later. So, of course, you know, once the dust settles and they see the stance the FA take, then Liverpool will take appropriate action. There are, there are a couple of people, we've had one person actually this morning saying, oh, come on, get over it, it it's not a big deal. But, but he, this guy is a multimillionaire, and he is an inspiration, whether he likes it or not, to, to children all around the world, isn't he? Well, first of all, it depends what you consider a multimillionaire to be. I don't think he's a multimillionaire at all. Uh, however, he, he, is, he is very well paid and he's very rich. Uh, but what you have to do is you have to look at, at, at them as human beings as well, and they are flawed characters, as we've seen, with, with so many different footballers and actors and, and tennis players, and, you know, so there are lots of different flawed characters of which he is one. Now, from the point of view of him playing for, uh, for Liverpool or anybody else, I don't think that he should... I think he should definitely play for Liverpool again, because if we're there, some people are saying he shouldn't play for Liverpool again. If that's his case, that he shouldn't play for Liverpool again because it reflects badly on Liverpool, wouldn't it reflect badly on the team that's actually going to sign him? And I'm sure that there'll be a host of teams who want to sign him. So the fact, the point that he should never play for Liverpool again for me is wrong. He should play for Liverpool. The point that he reflects badly on Liverpool, I don't think so. It reflects badly on him as a human being. Liverpool had no control over him biting him or not biting him. What Liverpool have to do is they have to respond quickly and decisively. And that's what they've done. They've condemned him. They will fine him. They will ban him. So that's all Liverpool can do. Do we expect too much from our football players, John? Well, <laughs> I think that, you know, the, the ills of the world are thrown at the door of football. You know the ills. Are so, so therefore, but this is the, this is the nature of the of the beast. This is what we're in the Premier League and and football. So everything that's wrong with the world, everything that goes wrong in the country, is because of overpaid Premier League footballers. Um, and when you're talking about overpaid footballers, you go down into the lower leagues where they're earning two hundred pounds a week. They're not overpaid. So yes, the Premier League is highly paid, but football in itself isn't hasn't necessarily changed that much. But I think that you know, from my point of view as a parent, I'm my my children's biggest role model. You know, I'm not going to, to, if my child does something wrong, I'm not going to blame a Premier League footballer. I'll look at myself first. So the whole idea of us being role models, yes, I can understand. Yes, they have to try and control themselves. But first and foremost, they're human beings before they're footballers, before they're role models. And, and obviously, you know, with Luis Suarez and a lot of other footballers who, who have issues, a lot of other people who have issues, there are times when they overstep the mark. John Barnes, thank you very much indeed. 08459 555. We've got a couple of minutes if you uh, want to give me a, a, a call. Um, Maff in Hanslope says, I agree with Justin that Suarez is a cheating, diving racist. Being involved with youth football, he is the despicable side of the game, yet the FA name him as a nomination for Player of the Year. So much for their respect campaign, get rid of him. I was a little bit surprised by John Barnes there, partly because I, I would say a multimillionaire is, is two million or more, because that is multis of millions. Um, but but also, he, he seemed to be kind of saying, not completely in defence of him, but certainly not in defence of the action that Suarez indulged in at the weekend, the biting of the other gentleman. But he seemed to say, come on, Stop giving football players a hard time. When someone's getting paid, what, I don't know, 100 grand a week? And they are a role model for kids, whether you like it or not. They are. Kids look up to these people. Um, on the subject of the uh, Luton Bridge that we were talking about earlier on, Dave's in Sundon Park. Morning, Dave. Morning. Dave, what, what do you want to say about that bridge? 
Uh, well, um, I remember the work beginning, and uh, we had, um, I think when they first started shutting it down for engineering works on the train line, they um, some people decided that it wasn't advertised well enough, and there were small signs and leaflets passed out, but when they planned to do this uh, pavement shift, uh, which is very good, I, I quite like it, I mean, I don't like the end of the road, when we're coming onto Sunderman Park Road, that's a bit tight, but to be honest, you don't, it's it's just a bit of the poorly designed roadwork of, of the country, really. Uh, but when they were planning for it, we ended up with these massive flashing signs because I think someone must have complained about the little ones. So I don't know if you drove down Sunderland Park Road, but they were huge. There was stuff that I'd expect to see on the motorway, and they were flashing there for about a month. Do you think that sometimes the, the, these councillors and these transport executives and these developers, they don't really consider everything when they're making these changes? That is very, very true. You, they don't, uh, it's always like this needs to be done, and they, the, the process. I'm a project engineer myself, so I, I know what steps you have to go through and how many considerations you have to take. And I, I've, I've got uh, sympathy for him in one hand, and then I get the same. Well, you know, you should have looked at the crossings. They moved the pavement across from one side where there was a crossing on Toddington Road to the other side where there wasn't a crossing. So they should have put another one in there. That should have been on the plans. There's never been one on Sundon Park Road, and the idea and the guy who complained and they actually got one put there. I mean, that's one of the best things that could happen for that road. Well, he, he did um, a cracking job. Is it, well, hopefully, the the lights will get switched on at some point. That's what we're hoping for. Dave, thank you very much. Uh, indeed, um, no one has been able. You got a minute. The last minute, can anyone call in and defend Suarez? No one seems to be able to at all. Not one of you has got a good word to say about this. Gentlemen, I was surprised by John Barnes. He seemed to be a little bit um, defensive of of Suarez and football players in general. Obviously, he is one, but I would have expected him to be a little bit more critical of uh, uh, of what had happened. Stephen uh, has written on the Facebook page: he should be banned from playing football for life. That's Suarez, not John Barnes. Ian, if you bit JVS out of frustration, oh, I've been tempted many, many times. Let me tell you: would you expect to keep your job? I could probably put quite a strong argument forward, but yes, I would, I would most likely be asked to stand down. Uh, if a McDonald's employee bit a customer, would they keep their jobs? No. Well, I, it's, a, it's an odd one, isn't it? I mean, they're not going to get rid of him. He's worth 40 million quid, and they're not just going to say, Look, go on, on your bike, fella. Well, the image of me biting JVS is now, is now nestled in my head, and I'm worried that... I may actually have to do that at some point. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. You can go there even when we're not on air and leave your comments and suggestions. Let's get the travel news now with Alan Cowie. Beds, hearts and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, Monday morning rush hour looking like uh, this. Fairly busy out there. Nothing uh, out of the ordinary. No accidents or problems to report. But to the main A routes and the motorway is quite busy, including the M1 southbound from the Newport Bagnell services to Junction 14. That's at Milton Keynes. And heavy as well southbound from uh, 11 Dunstable towards 9 Redbourne. The M25 anti-clockwise delays from Junction 21, which is the M1, round to 16. The M40 not helped by a breakdown earlier on. And the A1 southbound from Eaton Soken towards the Black Cat roundabout in Roxton. It is curing. But on the trains, we've got no major problems. Alan Cowie, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Alan. Don't forget, if you want to get in touch with the show at any point, you can always send me an email. That's how we got uh, the bridge or well, the bridge story was someone phoning us up. You can give us a call or you can send me an email. Uh, ian.lee at bbc.co.uk. I-A-I-N dot L-E-E at bbc.co.uk. 
If it's a story that's right for us, then we'll um, all have a little look into it. You might get to meet Justin Dealey. Wowzers! If it's not right for us, we'll pass it on to another show. That's it from me until tomorrow at six. Ta-ta! Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Thank you, Ian. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Monday... And on today's big phone-in, I'm asking, do you think it's okay for escorts to advertise in your local paper? The police...